Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to Stan, the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Well, see, that's the funny thing about that, because it is not the former first-round draft pick, Brady Quinn, who is with us. Brady Quinn is actually on a flight going back home because he called the Lions-Bills game on Sunday. So because of travel and some issues and back and forth, Brady Quinn will not be with us for the entirety of the show, but he will be joining us and he will be popping on with us uh, as he is waiting for his second flight of the day uh, coming up later on in the show. So that'll be a lot of fun. But regardless, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. You can listen to this show on the iHeartRadio app, and we do this every single week here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So there was things could have gotten really, really messy for the Pittsburgh Steelers because let's just think about where the Steelers are at had they lost this game against the New England Patriots. By the way, Pittsburgh, big win Congratulations. That was a ballsy performance by the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot on the line. Baltimore had already won earlier in the day, so there was a lot of pressure there in Pittsburgh. And it was against a team that notoriously had had your number, even at Heinz Field, in recent history. So the Pittsburgh Steelers defend home turf and win that game, coming off a three-game losing streak and in the midst of a meltdown in front of our very eyes. And if you just think about how much differently we would be looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Had that game not gone the way that it did, the Pittsburgh Steelers were talking about the potential of not only missing winning the division, okay, so you don't win the division, but we're talking about missing the playoffs entirely, okay, because it wasn't that far-fetched, especially when you consider 
that the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to New Orleans a week from now, and then they've got the Cincinnati Bengals, who would probably be looking to do what they did a year ago to the Baltimore Ravens and knock a division rival out of the playoffs in Week 17. It was a mammoth win for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was huge. And you got to give them credit because that's not the Pittsburgh Steeler performance that you were expecting. That's not the Pittsburgh Steeler performance that you were assuming was going to happen. There was a reason that the New England Patriots were favored on the road, especially following a loss like that to the Miami Dolphins a week ago. And the Pittsburgh Steelers just figured it out. But I'm not even talking about missing the playoffs. No, no, no. We're not talking about that. I think Mike Tomlin may have saved his job by winning that game on Sunday. And I mean that because it's one thing when you got a lot of distractions and there's a lot of dysfunction and there's a lot of noise and a lot of chaos. It's one thing if you're delivering wins. You can get away with that. You can talk your way out of that all you want. I can remember working in a sales job and there was a guy on the sales force who everybody in the building knew was a full-fledged coke addict. Everybody knew it. We knew it. We knew it. We knew what he did in his off time. We we knew it. The guy had issues. We all we were all very aware. People had been out outside of work. They had seen it. All of it. But he put up huge numbers. And I had a boss tell me one time, I don't care what that guy does when he's not away from here. If he wants to go do a rack a line of coke or 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 get hammered every morning, whatever he wants to do, he's putting up better numbers than any of you guys on this team. He'll be able to get away with it. You, on the other hand, that's not happening. So if you can deliver and you can perform when it matters, you're going to have staying power. Mike Tomlin's always had staying power in Pittsburgh with all the noise and all the distraction and all the chaos there with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's always had staying power. But the problem is this is a meltdown like they haven't seen before. You had Le'Veon Bell out the door and it was a very public dispute. It was a public contract dispute, and it was a relationship that dwindled and faded away between Le'Veon Bell and teammates. Mike Tomlin's the guy in charge of that team. You had Ben Roethlisberger calling out teammates. You had Antonio Brown in the offseason reportedly throwing furniture off a balcony and almost hitting a family. You had all sorts of stuff coming out of Pittsburgh, but the difference between this year and in years past is that the Pittsburgh Steelers weren't winning those games. or they, they weren't, They're losing these games. That never happened before. They could always just get away with it. You could always welcome the noise and welcome the dysfunction. Eh, you know, it's just it's the way we do things here. That's just the way it is. That, that's Pittsburgh Steelers football. And it was fun, man. Mike Tomlin, remember when he tried to trip uh, a New York Jets returner? I believe a guy for the New York Jets. Like, that's just been the way that they've operated there. But the difference is, is that you didn't have the wins to back you up like you did before. And the Pittsburgh Steelers were staring at a very real possibility of going not only without making the playoffs and not winning the division, but being below 500 if you see the way that the schedule shakes out. And instead, they answer the bell, they come up with a big win, 
They make a defensive stand against a Patriots team who, for the first time since 2002, has lost back-to-back games in December. That was a ballsy performance by the Pittsburgh Steelers. We can criticize Mike Tomlin's leadership. You can criticize his game management. You can criticize the noise, the, the distractions, all of that in Pittsburgh, the drama that's there seemingly every single season. You cannot diminish what they just did on Sunday. That was a massive win, and I actually think that it might have saved Mike Tomlin's job. I think that win on Sunday against the Patriots might have saved his job. And if Mike Tomlin's gone, who the hell knows with Ben Roethlisberger? Who the hell knows with with some of the other moves that are being made on that team? That was a huge performance by the Steelers, the most important win of the season. On the flip side of that, the the New England Patriots, man... (laughs) Look, I love the Patriots franchise. We got to give them credit for what they are. They are consistent. They are always in the mix. They are always in the hunt. But the problem is the New England Patriots now find themselves in a spot that they're not used to. It's a difficult position to be in, and that's where the New England Patriots are in now. Because the New England Patriots had an outside shot at getting home field advantage. That was before whatever the hell you called that play in Miami last week. That changed dramatically their future of the season. And I said it last week with Brady Quinn when we were on the air. I said, hey, man, call me crazy, but I think that whatever uh, hook and ladder, Kenyon Drake, uh, uh, Ted Larson block, uh, three guys uh, had their hands on the football before Kenyon Drake got it seemingly. And for some reason, Ryan Tannehill got credit for a touchdown pass there. Guy did nothing in that situation. He, he did not. Jay Fiedler did more in that situation than Ryan Tannehill did, and he got credit for a touchdown pass. But regardless, the end result was an awful, terrible loss for the New England Patriots. And I said, man, uh, I think the Patriots just, just cost themselves a chance at a Super Bowl because I don't see them being able to win in Kansas City if Kansas City gets home field. And then the Chargers help out Kansas City, and the Chargers go in and beat the Chiefs in Kansas City a different-looking Kansas City football team. And you start thinking, well, man, you know, the uh, the Patriots, they got a shot here. The, this uh, Look, the, the window is opening. And then the Texans win. And the Patriots realize, yeah, this is kind of an important game. So you've gone from the potential to having home field advantage in the playoffs to how it looks right now and how it's stacking up for the New England Patriots, especially if Houston can win out. Not only do the Patriots not have home field, they're not going to have a first-round bye. One of the most underreported elements to the Patriots' dynasty and their playoff success has been the first-round bye in the playoffs. They play in the AFC East. You pencil in five wins minimum in that division every single year. All right, They'll get got at maybe uh, Miami or randomly against the Jets on one game, but you pencil in five wins. If they can mix in some other wins throughout the course of the season, 10, 11 to 12 wins every single year, chalk, uh, put it in pen, chalk it up. That's the way the year is going to go. And the Patriots are going to the postseason with a bye and a home playoff game at minimum. The problem this year is now you don't have that bye week, which means an aging quarterback and an aging roster who needs rest as much as they can possibly get with guys like Gronkowski and guys like Brady. Now you've got to play opening weekend in the NFL playoffs, and potentially you've got to go on the road from there on out. And here's a fact about Tom Brady in the postseason. 
Tom Brady in the postseason at home is 19 and 3. On the road, he's below 500. They desperately need home field advantage to continue success. They desperately need it. And I don't know from what you've seen with this Patriots team, if you can rely on them to make a run as a as a uh, a, a division a, a division leader who's got to play three games before they get to the Super Bowl. But I think a lot changed in that Steelers-Patriots game. I think the Steelers saved Mike Tomlin's job, and I think the Patriots just really screwed themselves in an AFC playoff run. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Brady Quinnigan not with us here on FSR. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox if you have any. Um, uh, if you think that you know what Brady Quinn is currently up to while on a flight, uh, go ahead and send those in. All right. So at the Jonas Knox, uh, we will read every one except for the really offensive ones with curse words because uh, I don't want to lose my job while Brady Quinn's not here. Uh, so at the Jonas Knox for all those shenanigans all throughout the course of the show. Uh, coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. There is a a harsh reality to one of the best teams in the NFL. Their fan base isn't going to want to hear this, but facts are facts. I'll tell you what that is next here on FSR. Jonas Knox, no Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. All right, so coming up here in just a couple of moments, I will uh, tell you about an NFL team and a fan base who may not be happy about what they're going to hear, but one of the better teams in the NFL has got a problem. All right, so we'll get to that here momentarily on Fox Sports Radio. The hell is this, Bobo? What is this? This is fun, sleigh ride. What? What do you mean fun? It's not. Why is it fun? I, that's just the name they decided to call themselves. Oh, that's the name of the band, Fun. Yeah. That's original, isn't it? Jesus, but it's fun. Period. What's it's next? not just F U N, it's all lowercase F U N with a period. Mm. Should replace the N for a couple other letters. How about that? Uh, by the way, uh, Brady Quinn is harassing me on a flight right now. He is uh, sending me text messages. I'd love to read them on the air, but uh, we'd all get fired. Yeah, he, right? he hit me up while yeah. I was gone. He's a terrible human being. Yeah. <laughs> He's a terrible human being. I posted a video where I was. He's like, oh, so this is more important than us. Yeah. I mean, if I wasn't here, then I mean, you kind of have your answer. That's so. right. You were at the uh, the company uh, holiday party. No, it was not actually. Yeah, you were at the. Uh, yeah, that's right. I was at another company's holiday party. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good. I don't know what those are like. I don't get invited to those. Oh well. Weird how that works. Next time, uh, I go. You can be my date. That's all right. I, you know, I I prefer to stay behind the velvet ropes. You know, I'm not one of the commoners who likes to hang out on the ground with the rest of the people there and spill drinks on each other. I'm a VIP guy, so I'll go ahead and skip the next Comic Con dress up party you guys have here at Fox. You wasn't invited. Were yep, you? yeah, but that makes me feel better. The way I just said it makes you feel better, so screw you. Tis the season. Uh, no, last week I was at a concert for work. That's why I was not here. No, that's fine. Listen, hey, man, uh, look, look, I'm not here to judge. You sure? All right, it, that's all right. It's all right. I mean, you know, I, like, DeSager's gone a lot, Brady. <laughs> Everybody's gone. Just the one constant here. Uh, work when I'm in Hawaii as well, too, but never mind. Hey, man. Hey, the, one uh, constant. I'm here. I might yeah, not do much, but uh, I'm here. No, yeah, Eric Roberts is here physically, okay, physically, <laughs> but it depends on how the rave went the night before as to whether or not he's here mentally, okay, so psychologically uh, sometimes, but, but it's me and hey. E-Rob uh, just, just continuing to hold on here. Wait a minute. I've only missed one Sunday. Now that I sit here and okay. think about that, you're forgetting how we do this here. You we embellish everything. Yeah, but you're not. The don't deal. embellish me to make me seem like I'm not a team player when I'm always here. Yeah, it's true. 
Bobo's the one on the show who doesn't need embellishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, oh, we know. <laughs> Bathroom door has been lo- unlocked before, and yeah, I walked in. Yes, Trust me, I'm, I'm well aware. Uh, by the way, I said on Twitter, uh, let me know what you think Brady Quinn is currently doing right now, and uh, the following was sent in to me. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, all right. Uh, one guy writes in, um, Brady is the new lead singer of Queen, heading to a tour. I think I know what he's meaning there. Uh, Brady is watching Rudy on his laptop. Uh, Brady Quinn is pounding Sprite and Cranberry Vodkas, wishing he would have put the cash on Live Bet Jesus instead of Clay Travis. Now, that's not nice. We're not going to pit Live Bet Jesus against Clay Travis on this show. We're not going to do that. Uh, another guy writes in and says, uh, Brady is sitting on a plane playing with his, with his bleep like if it was a knife game. <laughs> So, uh, people are boozed up and having a good time here on Fox Sports Radio listening to uh, all the fun here on FSR. I do want to let you know we are brought to you by Discover Card. Become a new card member and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. So, kickoff is underway on Sunday Night Football. Just a moment away at the Coliseum, the L.A. Coliseum. you got to be very crafty and creative with some of the cameras shots you see on NBC because you know like nobody shows the inside of a toilet they all show the outside and the and the clean porcelain and all like nobody wants to show the rings inside and there's a lot of them inside the Coliseum which is way past due needs a major renovation but the fans are there and they're looking for a different performance out of the LA Rams than they got last week here's what I find interesting about the LA Rams and people think I'm crazy when I bring this up and you probably will think I'm crazy as well, too. But I, I, I made the point this weekend that the Rams and the Chiefs, since that Monday night football game in which they scored 105 points and were going up and down the field and we all went nuts over that game, since that game, neither the Rams or the Chiefs have looked anything close to the same. And you can say, well, you know, but it's late in the season and teams get fatigued. No, 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 no. Both teams had their bye week after that game. They're one of the lucky ones in the NFL who don't have their bye week in like week five. If you ask a coach or a player or anybody inside an organization, when do you want to have your bye week in the NFL? They'll all tell you later in the year when we really need it. Okay, it's like uh, when you take a lunch break at work. Wouldn't you rather take one later in the day so by the time you get back from your lunch break, you only have a couple hours left till you get off? Nobody wants to take a lunch break three hours in unless you've got some sort of an eating disorder. Nobody wants to do that. So teams would rather have their bye weeks later in the year so they can rest up, get healthy, the grind is upon us, the weather's going to change, all of that. The Rams and the Chiefs have not looked the same since that Monday night game. And the numbers prove it. You can go through the numbers of each franchise and you can find and see serious differences between both teams since that Monday night game. If you were to go to just the LA Rams and you were to just uh, take a look at the LA Rams and say, okay, what are the, uh, what are the Rams since that game? Or, or give me some facts behind what the Rams are. Since that Monday night game, the Rams are 1-1 one and, one, and they're averaging 13 points a game less since the Monday night game. And one of those touchdowns that they scored was pretty much a worthless, meaningless touchdown against the Detroit Lions, and it was Todd Gurley. And I don't even know if he really wanted to score. 
So that's adding to the number, but still a significant difference for the L.A. Rams offensively since that Monday night game. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They're 2-1 and one since that game. But the Kansas City Chiefs offensively don't look anywhere close to the same team. They struggled to beat the Raiders coming off a bye week. It took overtime to beat a rookie quarterback in Lamar Jackson at home. And then you blow multiple touchdown leads multiple times against the L.A. Chargers, a team you've dominated for the past several years at Arrowhead, a place where you are considered to have a major edge when it comes to home field advantage, and the Chiefs blew that game and then had a meltdown defensively on a two-point conversion. I think there's something to it, and there are other factors, and I'm not going to ignore and say, well, you know, Kareem Hunt, that's, you know, that's nothing, and, you know, the time of year. Like, I understand and acknowledge all of that. But if you're going to tell me, like I hear every single year, man, Andy Reid coming off a bye week is just unstoppable. He's got his team so prepared and so ready to play. Then why did they struggle against the Raiders off a of bye week? I mean, what are the Raiders, 3-30 and 30 on the year? Why did they struggle against the Raiders coming off a of bye week? Well, yeah, you know, the L.A. Rams, they've just had a couple of tough matchups. You know, they had the Bears last week. Okay, what about the week before that off a of bye week? The Detroit Lions who just lost to the Bills, who have lost to Chase Daniel this season. Let's not pretend like they've been playing the powerhouses of the NFC. The Bears are a really good team, but the Rams have struggled coming off that bye week, and I just wonder if it's got something to do with that Sunday night game. If they put so much into that one game that neither team has been the same, either the Rams or the Chiefs. So you got the Rams who have already gone three and out in the opening drive three and out against an Eagles defense that is not good, and you're playing a backup quarterback. And it's early in the game, but for an offensive-minded head coach with a young quarterback, you usually see the best numbers earlier on in the game because the game's scripted. Mitch Trubisky in Chicago, always good in the, in the first quarter, seemingly, because the game is scripted. It's when you've got to make adjustments late to defenses and being able to read coverages and not everything is set up for you by Matt Nagy or or Sean McVay that you tend to struggle sometimes. The Rams just got the ball, opening drive of the game, and they go three and out. And Philadelphia's got a first down, and they're approaching midfield. I'm telling you, man. And and we see it in other sports. Like you, you can you can go back to boxing. You can go back to to the UFC. You can see it in the NBA playoffs from time to time, where a team will play a seven game series, and by the time they get to the next round, they're finished. They don't have their legs. Uh, it's just it's not working. They can't uh, they they can't pull the trigger on certain things. There are certain games, even if you win, no matter how the outcome is, that it lingers on and on. And I'm wondering if that one Monday night game is affecting the Rams more than people have talked about. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox. We are uh, accepting. Uh, ideas for what you think Brady Quinn is currently doing right now on a plane. All right, Brady Quinn is on a plane. If you have an idea as to what the pride of Dublin, Ohio, and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish is currently doing on a plane, send them over to me. Uh, We will read everything here on the air. Uh, That won't get us fired. Uh, Coming up next, though, here on Fox Sports Radio, the impossible has happened. 
You didn't think it was possible. You didn't think you'd ever see it, but it has gone down for one NFL franchise. I'll tell you who that is next year on FSR. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, I encourage you to stop wrapping gifts, okay? Put the eggnog down. Put the wine down. Tell the kids to quiet down. Oh, good luck on that. And turn the volume up because he's the great, he's the powerful. (laughs) He's Steve DeSager. Pay no attention to the anchor behind the curtain. About five minutes in at the Coliseum, Eagles and Rams are scoreless. Eagles have driven past midfield. You are correct that the Rams, A, have played a lot of close games. I mean, literally half their games this year have been close. They've won most of them. But like the game at Detroit, people forget that they just see a 30-16 to final score. The Rams... They were out of it for most of three quarters in that game on the road. Both Seahawks games were very close. The game at Denver was close. Remember the Packers game? If Green Bay didn't fumble that last kickoff return, who knows what would have happened at that Coliseum game? And then in 25 degrees, they just fell apart and did nothing at Chicago last week. And the bad news for the Rams is the Bears clinched the NFC North and with the win, even with the Rams win tonight, they're not clinching any first round bye tonight. Chicago beat Green Bay 24 to 17. Aaron Rodgers was sacked five times. Pittsburgh 17 10 over New England. Jalen Samuels to the Steelers on 19 carries at 142 yards rushing. San Francisco in overtime beat Seattle 26-23. Indianapolis shut out Dallas. Tennessee shut out the Giants. Wins for Minnesota and Washington. Baltimore 20-12 winners against Tampa Bay. The Ravens are expected to move on from quarterback Joe Flacco in the offseason according to an NFL Network report this morning. And CBS reported that Bucks coach Dirk Cutter unlikely to return next season. Wins for Atlanta Cincinnati and Buffalo. In the NBA, Philadelphia got a triple-double from Ben Simmons, including 14 assists in a win at Cleveland, 128-105. Victories for Brooklyn, its fifth straight. Wins for Indiana and Washington. In fact, that Wizards win was an easy one over the Lakers, 128-110. John Wall, 40 points and 14 assists. The Mets agreed to a two-year deal with catcher Wilson Ramos. And you mentioned the L.A. Coliseum in need of renovation. It's a nearly 100-year-old stadium. I mean, it hosted the 1932 Olympics, <laughs> not just the one in the 80s. But yeah, they are undergoing, in fact, before this football season started, they were halfway through the renovation, $300 million project that USC is overseeing. They run, operate the Coliseum. Where the press box normally is, there's going to be a seven-story tower that's going to include the press box near the top, but full catering facilities and lounges and suites and a concessions. Tower? What yes. do you mean? It's literally... It's starting lower, close to the field, so they can have more depth to it, and then they'll just go straight up to the sky of seven stories. And the press box, I'm sure, will be somewhere way up near the top. But uh, just, the, just for the media? No, no, no. Okay. It's mostly not media, so okay. they can make money. It's like when Staples Center got built downtown, and they had three levels of suites around the middle. It's kind <laughs> of what they're trying to do here. Of course, it's, USC has a fair amount of donors, you know, and they run the place, and so they have a chance to try and make it the kind of cash cow that Staples Center is. Field goal for Philadelphia, it's a 3-0 lead against the Rams in L.A. But uh, in the fall of 2019, so before next season, all of these renovations are due to be done. Well, first of all, you want to make money anywhere around the Coliseum, charge for parking. Yeah, especially during construction where there is none. I'm telling you, man, when I went to, uh, what was it, uh, Oakmont Country Club in Pennsylvania, we were covering the U.S. Open a couple of years ago, the golf tournament. 
There were people who lived nearby who were charging 50 bucks a pop to park <laughs> in their driveways, and people were paying it. At, 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 at every single day, they were loaded with cars, and they would just move their cars down the block, and they make a couple hundred bucks a day easy just for parking in their driveway. You go to Rams games this year to park at USC, which is another block plus away. It's $50 to park on campus and then the long walk to the Coliseum. Okay, first of all, Bobo, don't you live near the Coliseum? Yes, down okay. the street. All right, why don't you charge for parking, man? Um, There are people with signs. Have you thought about that? I have, actually. <laughs> Come on. I'm not, I live near the Coliseum, but not close enough to charge people to park. So you'd be like a $15, $20 lot, yeah, not probably. a $50 yeah. lot. Yeah. All right, how about this? Um... Half the price, twenty five bucks, and you'll drive them to the uh, the front gate. <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. I'm telling you, man. Like, That's wh- not a bad idea. Okay, just and and look for playoff time. Like, you might get a, a random Saturday game. You might get a Sunday game. If you're not doing, if you're not working, I'm telling you, man. Have people hop on. Uh, let them rent your bike uh, for uh, for forty bucks an hour. Like, there's a way to make money on all this. At just hmm. just so that you can deal I'd- with the. The jerks that are going to be flooding the streets <laughs> bombed after the Rams lose. Well, they also, right behind one of the end zones of the Coliseum, they took away all the parking because they're putting in a museum there in yeah. between the street and the Coliseum. There's like literally zero parking at the Coliseum anymore. You literally Man. cannot go the entire large block of the Coliseum and park anywhere unless you have a prepaid pass. Yep. I, I don't I just don't know how people deal with it. I oh, went to an God. Arizona State football game God. once, and people were taking cars. You mentioned like park on your front lawn. One guy was taking cars down his driveway and parking them, stack parking in his backyard, and taking twenty dollar bill after twenty dollar bill all afternoon. Oh, it's brilliant! Uh, at the Papa John's Bowl, probably like a decade ago, South Carolina. When I was working in South Carolina covering the Gamecocks, they were in the Papa John's Bowl. Uh, that's how long ago it was. Papa John was not looked at as a villain uh, by the football <laughs> world. Uh, and it was in, um, where in Alabama? Um, uh, where they have uh, Legion Field uh, oh, in like Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, Birmingham, Alabama, where they have Legion Field. By the way, Legion Field, if you think you've got a bad stadium oh, set up, old, yes. go to Legion Field. That's like okay? uh, pre-Bear Bryant, uh, is it okay. not? Let me ask you a question. I, I'm fairly certain uh, Legion Field uh, is where George Washington did his first case. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It question is that old. for you and Steve. The worst stadium in the in sports to you? Well, I hear Ooh. it's the Oakland A's place. Yeah, where the Raiders are leaving. Um, I've not been to the O.co. Where the worst. Chargers left, also not good. At least yeah, when Qual- it rained. Yeah, Qualcomm hmm. was a dump, and it took a long time to get from the parking lot there. Worst stadium ever been to? I got to be Legion Field, man. I mean, it was so old. This says opened in 1927 in Birmingham. Yeah, wow. it was, yeah, it's it's really really old. But people look at it as it's historic. I mean, it's a dirt parking lot. But there was there were um, small houses nearby, like some liquor store where people were charging us to park, and it was the same thing. They were pay- we had to pay twenty bucks, and I was telling my co-host, I'm like. Hey man, you sure you want to leave the car here? <laughs> He's all. What, what do you think? What do you think the problem is? I was like, well, you know, when there's a protective glass and it's the middle of the day between you and the cashier at a liquor store slash gas station, yeah. that ought to tell you this isn't the best so, neighborhood in the world. So See, you're that's talking normal about for me. the Coliseum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> very, that's, that's normal for me. Very bizarre, man. Um, Only Seven Elevens don't have that in my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's very, very, uh, very strange setup there at the Coliseum. All right, uh, Jonas Knox, uh, Fox Sports Radio.
Uh, coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Uh, I had to get this guy on. He's one of the all-time greats. He's my guy. When you talk the resurgence of the Chicago Bears, you go straight to the source. You go to the Mount Rushmore of Sports Talk Radio. You go to Mike F. North. Mike North, what's happening? Thank God you haven't caught because I was just drowning myself in some M&M's peanuts. It was outstanding, <laughs> my friend. I was ready to put another inch on. In the old days, I would have probably would have had three bottles of champagne and walked into a wall. Oh, now, yeah. I just, now I just destroyed the candy cabinet. Yeah, you if, know? if this was Mike North 15 years ago and the Bears, oh, the Bears had just won the division, you'd be throwing up outside Gibson's. Oh, yeah, exactly. And then, and, then, and, then, and then I stick around to help clean. You know what I mean? That's just the way it was. But you're a good but, person uh, like that. Uh, uh, that's the kind of guy I am, Joe. It's good to talk to you. Um, look, I had him winning five games. They, you know, then I started hearing, well, they have the easy schedule, the last place schedule. And, you know, I said, well, wait a minute. Every, uh, there's about a million of guys like me that predicted them not to win six and a half games with that so-called easy schedule. It became apparent right after the bad trade that they thought they were a player two away, and they thought their defense was that good. And guys like Corey Fuller, who I said were okay. I mean, the guy's got seven interceptions. Eddie Jackson, we hope he's okay. He's in a walk-in boot right now. But uh, you know what? He's just been a bulldog. He's been unbelievable. And uh, Mitch Trubisky's been uh, very, very good. He was very, very good today uh, by NFL standards. So, I mean, you know what? Good for the Bears, good for Ryan Pace. A lot of his picks are hitting now. And, uh, excuse me, it just looks to me like uh, I, I, don't think, I don't think it's a mirage. I mean, if it was a mirage, they would have hit the, t- uh, the, the, the tailwind a long time ago. They would have been like the Tennessee Titans up and down. Yeah, um, I was saying this, and you and I have talked about this before. Sure. It's, this is the, and people can say whatever they want about the Super Bowl team a decade ago, this is the best defense they've had since the 85 Bears. Yeah, because you can pick some guys off this team that could have started on that team. On the eighty-five, excuse me, on the two thousand six squad, Peanut Tillman would have been the only guy from from the two thousand six squad that could have played on the eighty-five team. And Agreed. that includes Erlocker, Briggs. Forget about those guys; they would have been bench warmers. So this team here, you got guys like Mac Akeem Hicks could have started on that eighty-five team over McMichael. As good as Steve McMichael was, not taking anything away from him. Fuller could have started on that team because they had a guy named Mike Richardson because of that pass rush that turned into a halfway decent corner. Fuller's all that. So um, here's another thing. That 2006 squad, when people tell me, well, what about Trubisky? I go, man, we went to the Super Bowl, and I don't really think we even counted the 2016. We really don't. We, we almost feel like it should have been called off because they're the, <laughs> they're the worst Super Bowl team in history. Rex Grossman's your quarterback, ladies and gentlemen. You know what I mean? Oh, Mike, if it wasn't for Devin Hester, they'd be a seven-win team that year. Oh, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, you know, things just went their way and everything else. We had no excitement. We knew we were going to get beat in the Super Bowl, but I, I just couldn't believe they kept winning all along. Uh, you know, opposing teams kept bailing them out. Uh, but I, you know what? Rex Grossman can walk into any bar 
all five foot ten, two hundred and forty pounds of them, <laughs> and put his money on the table. Say, I'll bet any of you I played in the Super Bowl as a quarterback. <laughs> he is Mike North, a Chicago sports radio legend, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox with you, coming off the Bears, who were eight to one underdogs to win the NFC North, winning the NFC North. And uh, really giving Aaron Rodgers twice this year a physical beating. I mean, it was it was a beating they gave Rodgers in both matchups. Now, l- let me ask you this, because there's been, you know, the Cubs won the World Series and everybody was, you know, riding on Wrigley Field outside the stadium uh, saying their tributes to their fallen fathers, grandfathers, great-grandfathers, only to see the city hose it down a week later. Uh, so so that, that was a lot of fun, and, and the Cubs celebrated a parade. And you've yeah. seen the Blackhawks win a Stanley Cup. You've seen the Bulls. Right. Man, Chicago's still a Bears town, right? Oh, yeah, but you know what? I mean, the Bulls with Jordan. I mean, well, the Bulls, all the other teams are so bad. I mean, the Cubs aren't, but the White Sox, the Bulls, and, you know, the Blackhawks. Uh, they've all, they're, they're all, the front offices are run shabbily right now. It's just a joke. And I, I got to give Ryan Pace credit. I mean, this guy stuck his neck out. It seems like it's working. He made a couple boneheaded decisions today oh, as yeah, far as coaching. Oh, my God. And, and yet they come out winning by 10 points. Uh, it was great to see Aaron Rodgers get his brain speed in. I guess after the game, he, he told his girlfriend he felt like he was in a car accident. She didn't think she was. That was funny. She's been in about a hundred of them. You know what I mean? So, you know, you know, just between me and you, the inside joke. But uh, <laughs> my God, he got my hootie playing today because no here, kidding. Here, he's, he's slow on pulling the trigger now. Too, he's afraid to make the mistake. He doesn't have the playmakers around him. He was good enough to keep them in the playoff hunt all these years, which kept them out of good draft picks. Quite frankly, so hey, they got what's coming to them in Bears. Hey. They can beat anybody. Look what they did to the Rams. And listen, Aaron Rodgers, when he's mobile, one of the all-time greats. When he can't really move around like he was struggling to do so in their first meeting and earlier on Sunday, he's pretty good. And pretty good's not going to save your team when you got nothing else to work with or you got uh, offensive changes and all that. Northy, let me ask you this. Um, well, first of all, what the hell happened with the Blackhawks mascot fighting some guy at the uh, Blackhawks game? Have you seen that video? Yeah, I don't understand it. I mean, that, first of all, the Blackhawks turned from the most modeled storage franchise two, two, three years ago into like the Volkswagen where the clowns come out of the car. For God's sake, <laughs> my God, there's people getting attacked by Tommy the Hawk, uh, you know. Uh, uh, the, you know what? The Paxson, Paxson looks like the evil villain from Superman. Uh, <laughs> you know, the one that Brandel was in, for God's sake, with the Bulls. I mean, it's like a clown show around here, so... The Bears have been a breath of fresh air. The Cubs spring training around the corner, and uh, but but the Bears have been unbelievable. You know, you always see these other cities surprise people with their teams. Oh, we didn't see this coming like the Rams last year. Nobody saw that coming. That's what's happening with the Bears, and, and I couldn't be happier for him. He is Mike North, Chicago sports radio legend. If you want actual, honest opinions on the Chicago Bears, not this ball washing you see from other media members in the city, follow him on Twitter, at North to North. He's my guy. He's Yo, one of my, my favorite people in the business. You, I love you. We'll catch up soon, Mike. All right, pal. Thanks. There Take he care, is. buddy. Mike North, Chicago sports radio legend. I love that man. Good dude. Uh, all right, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next here on FSR, uh, there's a fan base out there, a really cocky fan base who you're not going to hear a whole lot from over the next 24 hours. Find out who it is next on FSR. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
This year, Progressive celebrates six years and over 600 cars given to veterans. Giving thanks by providing independence for those who protect it. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. No Brady Quinn on the show thus far. Brady Quinn is uh, traveling. He was calling the Lions and the Bills game uh, earlier on Fox. And uh, uh, by the way, I, can I just say this about Brady Quinn? And and I want to get to There's a fan base that's really, really quiet. All right. There's a fan base that's really quiet. And I definitely want to get to this. And we'll probably be getting to that uh, in about 10 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. But let me just say this about Brady Quinn. We've been hearing what? about the NFL over the past couple of years. We've been hearing, oh, man, it's an offensive league, man. This league is all about offense. Uh, It's no longer like it was back in the day, man. Offense, offense, offense. And so for a defensive guy, like, say, a Chris Spielman calling the game, that's probably kind of frustrating, right? You're Chris Spielman. You're calling the game. um, If you're uh, Booger McFarlane and you're calling the game, that's probably pretty frustrating. Uh, And not just because you work with Jason Witten. But when you're in the booth and you're a defensive guy and you're calling a game and it's always about offense, it's got to be frustrating because it's not really your expertise. I mean, you could speak on it and you're knowledgeable, but your side of the football is being exposed in those situations. And I bring that up because Brady Quinn is a quarterback. You would think this is the day and age you want to be a broadcaster and be a quarterback so that you can break down and talk about all that you're seeing offensively on the, on the field. Talk about what everything means, why teams are running this, what's coming up next. Tony Romo has flourished and he shined in that spot because he can tell you what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. And Brady Quinn, a quarterback in the modern-day NFL in which it's all about offense – has now called two games this year in the NFL, and between four teams, they've scored 47 points. <laughs> Talk about eating a turd burger two weeks in a row. Brady Quinn can't catch a break, man. My guy can't catch a break. First of all, it's bad enough you get the Lions twice, okay? Secondly, you go from Arizona all the way to Buffalo one week to the next, which, look, I mean, we're going to talk with Brady coming up shortly. He's going to join us uh, after his flight lands, his first flight of many uh, throughout the course of the evening. But being a quarterback, all you want to do is get in the booth and tell people what the hell's happening on the field. What are you watching? Why is it going down that way? And the guy can't catch a break. He got a dud in the desert last week with the Lions and the Cardinals. He got a better game this week between the Bills and the Lions, but 47 total points between four teams in two games? My God. That's terrible, man. I feel bad for the guy. Uh, I do want to ask him, though, when he does join us coming up uh, in the next uh, few minutes here on Fox Sports Radio, Josh Allen made another throw that's not going to get talked about. Um, They'll talk about the go-ahead touchdown. Josh Allen threw the ball 40 yards and didn't move his feet. That's like when you saw Manute Bull shoot a 40-footer and he didn't even have to jump back in the day. Josh Allen has got a howitzer for an arm. So we'll be talking to Brady Quinn about that uh, coming up at some point here on the show. All right, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. More out of the NFL next here on FSR. Well, no, there's no Brady Quinn. 
You know, and I'm sorry to break hearts out there across America, uh, but there is no Brady Quinn as of yet. See, Brady was calling the shootout in Buffalo between the Lions and Bills, a 14-13 win for the Buffalo Bills over the Detroit Lions. Brady was calling that game for Fox. Boy, sure am glad uh, the Bills won by one point and not the two and a half that I could have used. Really appreciate it for the Buffalo Bills to not be able to cover a spread against the awful, crummy Detroit Lions while at home. But nevertheless, uh, Jonas Knox here. We will be talking with Brady Quinn uh, this hour. He's going to be joining us in between one of several flights trying to get back home to his lovely family on a very uh, jam-packed Sunday for Brady Quinn. So we will be talking to him shortly. But I do this all from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com. For a free rate quote, want to check in on Sunday Night Football, as you heard Steve DeSager mention in the national update just a moment ago. It is the L.A. Rams with a 7-6 to lead over the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Uh, we are uh, about 12 minutes left to go in the first half, and the Rams holding on to a 7-6 lead against Philly. And I'm telling you, man, the more that I'm watching this team, they just don't look the same. I know the injury to Cooper Cup was damaging, but, you know – to me, there's just a lot of differences between the team. The offense doesn't look doesn't look the same. Uh, defensively, you're never quite sure what you're going to get from them. Uh, they don't really have a home field advantage like like most teams do. I just wonder if this is a Rams team that you see built for playoff success because everybody around the league assumes to get to where you want to go, home field is how you want to do it. And both teams in L.A., and I think it's interesting, both teams in L.A., the Rams and the Chargers, have virtually no home field advantage. I mean, major- like I, w- I want to know the percentage of Eagles fans. The Eagles have a national fan base. They're all over the country. Their team just won a Super Bowl. I want to know the number of Philadelphia Eagle fans, what the split is in the Coliseum, what the split would be between Eagle fans and Ram fans inside the Coliseum it's just not it, – it, you look at it and it's not what normal home field is for so many teams around the league. Same with the Chargers. That's why I said, man, I don't – if the Chargers end up the five seed and say they don't catch Kansas City and they don't get a buy and end up the five seed, you know who doesn't care? The L.A. Chargers. They've lost three times this season. All of them have been in L.A. Two at home at the StubHub Center, and the other one was at the Rams. So to me, it's there's just a, a difference between the football out here in L.A. until they get the stadium built and until people really start to rally around these teams, and they're both good football teams, I just don't see being a, a big-time advantage. Uh, so we will see how that plays out. It's why, listen, I do something on my uh, uh, week, highly-rated weekend overnight show called Knox Locks, in which I will make uh, picks on five NFL games each week. And one of the bets I liked was the Philadelphia Eagles plus the 13. I just thought it was a lot of points. I had questions about the Rams and, and just how they were playing as of late. And um, and I just thought Philadelphia with a veteran backup quarterback in Nick Foles, you're not going to see the downgrade that you would see in normal situations. Um, now that I say that, we may have ourselves an interception by the Philadelphia Eagles. They're going to look at this again. Uh, but it looks like we have a an interception, Jared Goff, a badly thrown ball. And uh, as we're watching the replay here, it looks like, yeah, that's an interception by the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that call is going to stand and Philadelphia is going to have the ball. So, again, I'm telling you, man, 
team's different, and I think it goes back to that Monday night game against Kansas City. I just think there was a lot of damage done in that game. It was it was exhausting, uh, a lot of fatigue. There's a lot of other factors that were going on in L.A. Their practice facility is two miles away from where a mass murder happened at a bar. I know that because I live in between their practice facility and where the mass murder took place. So I, I, I've been to that bar a thousand times growing up. I live in Thousand Oaks. Born and raised in Thousand Oaks, California, that was a lot. The very next day, freeways are shut down, roads are shut down, police helicopters. Oh, and by the way, fires everywhere you look. Rams players were getting evacuated in the area. It was a bad stretch. You were supposed to play in Mexico, and instead you didn't play in Mexico, so Sean McVay had you stay in Colorado to practice at altitude, and then you came back and you played a Monday night game a hundred five points between two teams. There's just a lot of fatigue I see with the LA Rams. So I'm curious to see how this game plays out. Uh, looks like we have an interception by the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, who will have the ball in good field position, trailing seven to six, uh, 11 minutes and changed in to go in the first half. Uh, all right. Uh, Jonas Knox here, Fox sports radio. Let's um, let's quickly check in on the uh, Dallas Cowboys fan base. If we could. You know, it's, it's weird uh, because for like a month, it just kept like shoehorning it in to shows. You know, like shows kept shoehorning in the Dallas Cowboys into every single segment. Almost like it was the Lakers and the coverage of LeBron James. You know, everybody wanted to shoehorn LeBron coverage in and, and all that stuff. And it's weird. I'm, I'm looking around. I'm trying to see the coverage for the Dallas Cowboys, and I don't, don't really see any. Oh, that's because they got uh, they got shut out by the Indianapolis Colts, twenty three to nothing. Yeah. How about them goose eggs? You're tasty with ketchup. <laughs> Man, that was a rough. Not talk about my that was like a that. yeah. Aaron uh, Bobo, our technical producer, is a Ca- Dallas Cowboy fan, and boy, did you take that one uh, right square in the jewels on Sunday? Yeah, huh? yeah. Kind of stopped watching after third quarter. Yeah, Couldn't take it no more. Turned played that, some Fortnite. And that that was a bad game. Everything better. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a bad game uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and and there was something about it that really stood out to me. So Vegas will put these lines out a couple of times a year to where you see it and you go, oh, that's a no-brainer. I mean, come on. That's a no-brainer. I mean, are you serious? Dallas Cow- the Dallas Cowboys are one of the hottest teams in the NFL. You're going to give them three points on the road against the Indianapolis Colts? Please, give me the Dallas Cowboys. And I just had this feeling. I smelled a rat. It felt like something was up. And I thought, you know what? There's a reason this is happening. They're not dumb. They're not just going to give away money like that. They're not just going to give away points like that unless they got a legitimate reason why. So I started doing some research on the Dallas Cowboys. Right? I, started, I started looking around to see, okay, what am I missing about the Dallas Cowboys? You know, what, what am I seeing with the Dallas Cowboys? Or, or what am I not seeing that maybe the people that are studying the numbers and crunching the numbers are seeing as to why the Dallas Cowboys would be an underdog at the Colts and Dallas being one of the hottest teams in the NFL? Because all I keep hearing about from Cowboy fans is this is the year Dak Prescott's taking a turn, Ezekiel Elliott's back, offensive line's starting to figure it out, the defense is back, Leighton Vanderesh, Jalen Smith. This is the year Dallas has really hit their groove. Oh, and by the way, what a move picking up Amari Cooper. He was worth every penny. And then I started doing the research. 
And uh, going into the game against the Indianapolis Colts, the difference between Dallas on the road and the difference between Dallas at home is significant. Dallas, between road and at home, nine fewer touchdown passes on the road than at home. They've got fewer rushing yards per game on the road as opposed to at home. And going into Sunday's game, they've got 11 fewer sacks on the road as opposed to at home. They're just a different team. They're a different team between home and road. And it's why I looked at it and thought, you know what, man? Somebody knows something. Indianapolis is starting to play a little bit. Andrew Lux had a pretty good year coming off the injury, and it just made a lot of sense. It made a lot of sense to me, and I just looked at it and thought, God, I don't think this is going to go well for the Dallas Cowboys, but I thought they'd score a point. I mean, I I thought they'd score a point, but it comes down to this. For all the talk you hear from Dallas Cowboy fans, for all the talk you hear about the Dallas Cowboy fans saying, man, it's back to the good old days, and uh, we were in the playoffs, and Dak's going to be better this time around. You know, we got to buy the time before, but we're going to know how to play this time, experience in this situation again. This is how it's going to go you still have to take a step back and look at what you are in totality. And in totality, even after the win streak, even after being one of the hottest teams in the NFL, even after putting up impressive performances, and even after Amari Cooper going off against the Philadelphia Eagles when you just picked him up a month or so ago in a trade, even after all of that, Dallas is still just an 8-6 and six team. And they're barely holding on to a divisional lead over two teams, one with a backup quarterback and the other on their fourth quarterback. Those are facts. So if if Philadelphia somehow wins this game on Sunday night and they're very much in this game with the Rams, if you're a Cowboy fan, tell me you're not looking around going, all right, what do we got here? Uh, what, what what do we got here? Well, what's uh what, what's the plan moving forward? Here was uh Dak Prescott following the loss. More of a wake up call. A lot to learn from. I mean, uh, when you have a team like like this, um, I don't think demoralizing or anything like that is even in our in our in our dictionary. I mean, uh, this, you're talking about a team that was once three and five, backs against the wall, still backs against the walls, and battled to to what we are now. Uh, and to have a game like this. Um, as I said, we just hurt ourselves all night long against a really good team uh, and didn't give ourselves a chance and. Uh, that's just kind of how it goes on the road for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, like it's just it, it's the way it is. They're significantly worse on the road. Now, the good news is they're in position to win the division, so they will host a home playoff game. But when you go on the road, that stuff's going to carry, and Dak Prescott has not shown the ability to be able to pick this offense up when Ezekiel Elliott can't run it. And when he can't run it, you got problems. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you can listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app. You can get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Coming up next, Brady Quinn has spoken. All right, Brady Quinn has landed. He will be calling into the show, and it will be grab ass of all grab ass live on the radio. Don't go anywhere. That's next here on FSR. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, We are awaiting word from one Brady Quinn, the normal co-host of this show. Uh, Brady has been uh, bouncing around the country in between flights. Uh, He's all over the place, man. Uh, He was calling the Bills-Lions game, but Brady Quinn will be uh, appearing with us here, uh, coming up momentarily here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, 
kind of a bummer. I got kind of a uh, a disappointing tweet um, from a certain someone who's a special part of the show that I'm a little a little bummed out about. So we're going to get to that here coming up uh, momentarily. Do want to let you know uh, we are brought to you by Discover Card. Become a new card member. Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. And now we go live to somewhere high up in the sky. Brady Quinn, no doubt in the smoking section of an airport on the East Coast, is with us here on Fox Sports Radio. My man, Brady Quinn. It's so funny you bring that up because I was walking around and thinking, where can I find a quiet spot <laughs> where no one's going to be upset about me talking during a radio interview <laughs> in an airport? It's the smoking section. There it I is. literally went in, walked in, currently uh, getting a lot of secondhand smoke, but these people don't care. I mean, look, they've been around people forever smoking and Trying to give them lung cancer. Well, so. you know, my favorite part about that, it's 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 almost like they've got them in their own separate unit in the airport so that everybody can look at them and say, ew, look at how gross they are. Like, they're trying to demean the smokers. Like, you can't light up a heater in the airport anymore without somebody giving you dirty looks. It's a shame. Well, first off, I mean, the airport is like the breeding ground for just people being rude in general. Oh, I mean, yeah. the way people conduct themselves and all that, I mean, it's just... It is, it is the best people watching there is, but it doesn't come without being stressed and delayed and everything else that comes along with that. But, I, Jonas, I almost I, – I'm currently on my connecting flight. I'm down here in Atlanta. I almost didn't make it. I, 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 there was something in my bag. Someone snuck something in my bag leaving um, yeah. New Era Field there in Buffalo. <laughs> And I almost didn't make it. It's right. You know, it's funny. I think that same item that was in your bag that almost didn't get you uh, on the plane is the same item that's been thrown on the field several times. Uh, something tells me. Um, it's yeah, like a magna flashlight. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it looked like you know. It, it looked like something I'm not. I'll just say that uh, Brady Quinn here on uh, Fox Sports Radio uh, with us here. Okay, so I want to talk to you about. Um, I was making this point earlier that we all hear about what an offensive league this is. And you being a quarterback, getting to call NFL games and getting to see offensive football at the highest level in the history of the game, what a treat that's got to be for you. And in two weeks, you've seen four teams score 47 points. What the hell's that, man? Yeah, I mean, look, it's this time of year. A couple of things are really hampering offense's ability to produce, <laughs> and that it starts with injuries. Because it doesn't matter where they're playing, cold weather, inclement weather, whatever. Uh, injuries are always going to impact that. And then the weather is going to impact that, especially in the places that obviously are outdoors up north in the cold. So, you know, typically you see that this time of year. And, and you see defenses start to kind of settle into and what the identity is of certain offenses. And they're able to kind of figure some things out, right? They've got more film. They've got more tendencies. And unless you're really, really good at game planning and making adjustments, uh, a lot of times, you know, you're going to run your offense. And you're going to have certain guys you try to go to, and they know that. Uh, so they're coming up with or devising ways of trying to stop them. So that, that's usually what you see typically this time of the year. Um, let me ask you about Josh Allen. What did you make of his performance? He, I, I was, I mentioned, brought this up earlier. I wanted to ask you about it. That touchdown pass he threw, I think it was the go-ahead touchdown, the, what ended up being the game-winning touchdown. Yeah. Man, he didn't move his feet, and it was 40 yards. And I don't believe that his lower body moved. Yeah, it might have been more than that, too. Uh, dude, that guy watching him throw uh, in pregame warm-ups, the ball just jumps out of his hand. And the crazy thing is just how athletic he is, too. I mean, it's not just about his throwing ability. He ran in a touchdown today. You know, didn't quite you know get the 90 yards like he did the past three weeks, but Buffalo's got a lot to be excited about in the future because that kid's a stud, and then Tremaine Edmonds, their middle linebacker, 
he's something special too. And Robert Foster, who's been phenomenal over the past four weeks now, ever since they brought him up in the active roster, he's got a ton of speed. So, yeah, look, they're a five and nine team, and there's a lot of teams that fall in this category. But this is a team that I think is looking forward to 2019. Not you know maybe the draft, but who cares about that? Because they've got their quarterback, and they've got a lot of other pieces too. Um, so I want to ask you, Brady Quinn, uh, Fox Sports Radio host. Normally we do the show together. He is kind enough in between flights on the East Coast from a smoking section. Uh, no doubt. Like when you look, like how close is the hotel bar near the smoking section? Well, there's no. I mean, it'd be the airport bar. Uh, there's Are a you, TGI Fridays right across the way. Okay, so yeah. Okay, okay like, so yeah, airport. I, I mean, if uh, you think of a better restaurant to get bombed at in an airport than oh, TGI Fridays, it's a bet, man. I used to work at TGI Fridays. Every time I walk yeah. by, I know I have no desire to want to eat. I just want to post up at the bar. I want to put my elbows over the top of that wooden fixture that's on the end of the bar that makes no sense whatsoever, and I want to order a 22-ounce Bud Light. And before they drop the glass in front of me, I want to order a second one. That's all I want to do. And I don't think that's unreasonable for me to say that. Now, is anybody at the bar right now at the TGI Fridays? And if so, how bombed are they? Uh, Plenty of people. I don't necessarily – I can't really tell how bombed they are. They got their backs turned to me. One guy looks like he's sleeping. Uh, he's either got a really wide stance that he's sitting at the bar and hunched over, or he's legitimately asleep at the bar. Uh, they, you know, they used to have this drink called the Electric Lemonade. I'm not sure if they still have it. It's like a bunch of different hard alcohol mixtures in one. blue. Uh, maybe you had a few too many of those. Oh, sure. yeah, it's always fun. Uh, all right, so uh, Brady Quinn here on Fox Sports Radio. So I don't know if you've had a chance to see, because you were calling the game when you've been traveling, the end of the Patriots-Steelers game. But I, I want to have a chance to see the end. Okay, no. so Tom Brady threw a, a really egregious interception to where he threw the ball into coverage. Yeah, I saw Joe Hayden catch it. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. it was a great play by Hayden, by the way. Okay. But yeah, I, that's where you're going. Okay, let me ask you this: When I first saw the play, I thought he was trying to throw it out of bounds, and he couldn't get it there because it was kind of a reckless throw that you never see him make. Was he throwing that out of bounds? I know you probably have to look at it again to make your best guess. Was he throwing it out of bounds, or was he really throwing it up into coverage like that? I don't think he was throwing it up into coverage. I think he was trying to kind of throw it in the vicinity of one of their you know, receivers. It looked like Gronk was in the vicinity and then maybe one other. And he was just trying to make it out of bounds, throw it away. I mean, the problem was he couldn't really get turned around and get his lower body into his throw. And, and so you can talk about like him not having enough arm strength, but he's 41 years old. He's at the point where – He's got to get his lower half into the throw. And at that point, he couldn't square up, couldn't make it. And I think he was just doing all he, all he could to not take a penalty for intentional grounding and just try to chuck it out of bounds. Unfortunately, he just didn't get there. Um, or have you seen, and you would know better than anybody, somebody who studies the quarterback position and you watch tape and you, you've, you've played at a high level before and you understand what, what is happening when, when most people don't get it. Have you, what have you seen from Brady that, that leads you to believe that maybe you're starting to see some – some regression in his game. Have you started to see yeah. that a little bit this year? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's kind of just that. There's, there's a couple things. For starters, you know, when you get older, what goes is really like you'll hear people like Mike Mayock at the Combine talk about quick twitch. Like, now some guys aren't that quick to begin with, but Tom Brady's one of the guys who's always been very sudden and he's been able to kind of move in a sly manner in the pocket, but still then reset his feet and then make an accurate throw. And, and he's usually been the type of guy that. He seems slow, but he's actually kind of quick, especially in the pocket and short spaces moving around. I think that's really slowed down over time. Like, I don't see him moving around the pocket as, as much and making as good a throws when he does have to move off the spot. Like, that's always kind of been the game plan for him. But now at 41, it's becoming a bit more apparent that he's struggling with that. 
And then kind of what you just talked about, like he's always had a really strong arm, and he's usually gotten his whole body into the throw, but he could still make the type of throw where we saw tonight him trying to throw it away. He usually could still make that throw and get it out of bounds. I just think we're starting to see a lot of that power and strength diminished, and maybe some of it's just the way he's training. You know, he's doing more of that pliability stuff now with Alex Guerrero. It's not so much of the, the heavier, more explosive late training. Uh, I was saying this earlier, Brady Quinn with us here on Fox Sports Radio, that I think that game might have saved Mike Tomlin's job because you've got the, the Saints on the road a week from now. Baltimore won earlier on Sunday. Winning that game I think was huge because the Pittsburgh Steelers looked like they were in the middle of the full-fledged meltdown. I, I think uh, it might have saved him his job, but on the flip side this weekend – there are a lot of games where I think coaches might have just played themselves out of uh, out of the job that they're currently in. <laughs> now, right. is there Dan, any that is... Joseph? <laughs> okay. Dan Joseph, okay. that's really hot right now. Okay, let me because you are all over this. This is one of the great. So you are all over the time management uh, when it came to Vance Joseph. And look, Greg Williams. Uh, I mean, he's got got some uh, answering uh, to some questions that need to be happening uh, this week in Cleveland. But Vance Joseph, what do you make of his decision? And that final, uh, not the second-to-last drive where they kicked a field goal down by four instead of going for it on fourth and one after they had already gone for it on fourth and one in the drive, I believe. So I think to fully appreciate it, you have to go like to the earlier third down that was originally called short, and then they challenged it, right? But at that moment, he was thinking about actually going for it then. So the thought in my head is, okay, there was like seven minutes left around that point. And I'm like, all right, you kick the field goals in, you're down by one. You, you've got plenty of time for your defense to get a stop and plenty of time to get the ball back. But then, you know, they end up getting reversed. You know, they get the first down, they keep going. But then they get within the 10, and now I'm thinking, well, you're this far. Why would you just go for it? You were, you were going you to go for it in the first place. And then he doesn't. And he's milked another two and a half minutes off the clock, exactly <laughs> what the Browns wanted him to do. So quite possibly the worst decision until – until Greg Williams then gets the ball in the red zone <laughs> and then elects to go for it on fourth and one instead of just kicking a, a field goal, really probably even closer or just about a PAT, uh, which would have put them up four. I mean, it was, it was some of the worst head coaches' decision-making I've, I've ever seen, and there's really nothing that backs up either of the decisions. Oh, well, Vance Joseph afterwards. The best part is Vance Joseph says afterwards, you know, uh, they asked him about the decision, and he goes, you know, I wanted the points. It, yeah, but it's not enough, man. <laughs> it's, it's not enough point. You're not down by three. You're down by four. Shouldn't you want enough points? You didn't get enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he opted for the three-piece nugget. He, he didn't actually opt for the three-piece, <laughs> which is what he needed. Uh, by the way, uh, Brady Quinn was in Buffalo calling the Bills and the Lions game. Did you – because you didn't, you didn't actually help me out here. My favorite food on the planet, my favorite uh, junk food, if I could eat anything and have no uh, repercussions from it, is buffalo wings. You were in the motherland where buffalo wings were created. Did you go out and get some wings? Yeah, so we had one night, too, and we tried, but Anchor Bar was packed. It was like an hour and a half wait. We went to Gabriel's Gate, which is supposed to be one of the best spots, too. That place was packed. So we actually went to Dinosaur Barbecue. They had some wings there, not quite exactly buffalo, uh, but we did end up hitting up the Anchor Bar at the airport Buffalo. So we technically got Anchor Bar buffalo wings, at the Buffalo Airport. That's I'm not even sure if that counts. But they were good. They were delicious. I mean, but it's not the same, though. I mean, it's not no. really. Yeah, it's not the same. But, uh, you know, I, I do find it funny, Brady. Uh, and I know you got to catch a flight, so we're going to let you go here. Actually, like, what, 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 what could we do to keep him on the, on the phone to, so he misses his flight? Uh, what could we actually do? Could we just, like, promise a bunch of stuff until, like, keep teasing until Brady gets frustrated and tells us to go F off? 
It's just um, like live that Jesus no, is no, going to no, no, intervene no, or something. No, At I, some point, he's going to come in and give you a terrible bet tonight. No, so. he's he's actually not because we've noticed that when you don't do the show, live bet Jesus doesn't appear. Like that's that's oh, the okay. no. When you don't do the show, and so I find it ironic. You are c- accusing me of being live bet Jesus, and whenever you don't do the show, he doesn't show up, which I find a little ironic. Um, but you are here now, so now I'm a little I'm a little confused. I'm not really sure. And and he already sent out a tweet earlier. I don't know if you saw it from Live Bet Jesus. Uh, he sent no. out yeah he sent out a tweet earlier that said, "Good evening, my children. Many of you have asked of my whereabouts, but as I always say, without Quinn, we can't win. Until Brady shows up." <laughs> Have a blessed night. So I, I think. That, so I, I think I think that it's safe to say that unless you show up, I don't know that he's going to be here because if you weren't here at all, he's definitely not showing up. I know that. Yeah, I mean, there's not really much more I can say to that. Right. Um, I mean, you're the one that reads off of his uh, you know, his scroll that gets dropped down from heaven, right. the little piece of paper you read from every week. So I, I, I don't have the rights to that. It's all you. Okay. So. Nobody. Oh my God. Oh my God, Brady. Oh my God. Hey, are the lights out in the airport? Oh my, they're out here. I can't see any. What the hell is going on? Uh, all the lights are out outside. The cars have all stopped. People are getting out of their cars. They're staring up into the sky. They're seeing an object fall down to the earth. What could it be? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? Oh my God! It's a piece of paper that's falling down onto the desk, and thankfully, it's not a bildo from Brady's luggage in Buffalo. And here we are; it is down on the desk, Brady Quinn. I can't believe this is happening. You being in an airport, you've got to have something to do with this. He never showed up last time. He wasn't here all show. And and Brady, just so you know, this is not a radio gag. I've got the paper here. All right, just for your approval. Sounds real. Sounds real to me, John. It is tonight, on the 16th of December, 2018, that I, live bet Jesus, proclaim the pick to be the Eagles plus 10 and a half. And there it is, Brady. Look at you, man. He said he wasn't showing up, and the second he heard your voice, he was there. Yeah, it must have got him uh, excited. Someone say aroused, you know, <laughs> however you want to put it. Definitely. Uh, all right. Uh, thanks, babe. We know you're. Uh, it's been a long day. Uh, great job on the call. I was listening. Um, and, uh, and we appreciate it. We love you and we'll see you uh, next week, pal. Hey, Jonas, will you do one thing for me? Can you text me your mailing address? Because that buildo is still in my bag. I need to figure out a way to send it back to you. Okay. I hate that man's guts. Uh, all right. Thanks Brady. Yeah, I will do so. Uh, yeah, don't, uh, yeah. All right. There's that. Okay. Uh, all right. Jonas Knox. That's enough. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Brady Quinn in an airport somewhere having fake wings uh, while some guys passed out at a TGI Fridays. So that's uh, that's how that works. Uh, we're coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, coming up next, uh, there's another interesting little tidbit that might surprise some people out of the NFL. I'll tell you what that is next year on Fox Sports Radio. For all the latest from around the world of sports, though, just do yourselves a favor and tell everybody around you to shut up and listen huh? to the great Steve DeSager. Well, the Eagles have scored to take a 13-10 lead at the Rams, about a minute to go till halftime. I notice Live Bet Loser doesn't give his wager until you know the Eagles just <laughs> score to take the lead. And then, magically, a paper comes down from heaven, Yeah, actually from the skies, and it lands at your desk indoors in a studio. I haven't quite figured out that miraculous item, but 13-10, the Eagles do hey. have the lead. Hey, uh, Steve, it's like, uh, it's like Bill Clinton said a long time ago, don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was Bill Clinton. Right? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. I'm not even sure that was George Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Adams with the six-yard TD run for the Eagles lead. Alshon Jeffrey of Philly has been targeted four times, has four catches for 87 yards. Jared Goff, 9 of 11 passing, but just 79 yards and one pick. Rams are trailing at home late first half against an Eagles team that enters with a 6-7 and seven record and with Carson Wentz out with the bad back. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. At Chicago, the Bears beat rival Green Bay 24-17, sacking Aaron Rodgers five times, and the Bears clinched the NFC North. Indianapolis shut out Dallas 23-0. The Cowboys were shut out for the first time in 15 years. San Francisco in overtime beat Seattle 26-23. Robbie Gold, the game-winning field goal, he was 4-for-4 four four on field goal attempts, and Pittsburgh defeated New England 17-10. No touchdowns in the last 42 minutes of this game. Patriots finished with 14 penalties. Rob Gronkowski just two catches. Tom Brady with one interception to go with his touchdown pass, and the pick was in the red zone in the fourth quarter. And in the final minute, Brady threw four straight incompletes at about the Pittsburgh 20. You talked early in the show, Jonas, about the Patriots and how key this is to get a first-round bye and home field and all that because it's what they're used to. It's what they've succeeded with. I looked up the Patriots' seasons the past decade-plus, and this goes back almost 25 playoff games. They've only played three on the road. Three and their last three road playoff games, they lost all three. Oh, yeah. They were all three AFC championship games. They got to know Peyton Manning. They lost a couple times at Denver and then about a decade ago at Indy. Three road playoff yeah. games in the last decade plus. It's a clear recipe for success. It's what they need. And you give them credit because they know exactly what it takes to sure. get to where they want to go. And you've got an aging quarterback. Um, and I thought the stuff Brady was saying, and I want to bring that that back later on in the show, was was interesting because even just me being a, a nobody who's never played the quarterback position, just watching him make that throw late, I'm telling you, he wasn't trying to force a throw. That guy was trying to throw the ball out of bounds, and he couldn't get it there. The Patriots have actually lost back-to-back games in December. The last time that happened was early in Brady's career, 2002, which is the only year he ever missed the postseason. Currently, they're down to the number three seed. They have nine wins, but the Texans now have ten. The Texans Texans have the number two seed in the AFC at the moment. They would have the first round by. People often talk, and it's worth talking about, the competition hasn't been great for the Patriots in their division the last decade plus. Not their fault. Those are the teams on their schedule. But I saw an article that said uh, it listed all the win-loss records for teams this decade, New England being number one. How about their opponents in the division? Miami, number 22 ranked in the NFL. Jets, number 23. And Buffalo, number 25. So those teams are roughly 55 and 70 for the decade coming into this year. Yeah. And that's six games out of your season. Every year, those yeah. three opponents. It's why when um, it, it, it's so funny when you hear Celtic fans, like bitter Celtic fans, uh, who don't want to give uh, LeBron James any credit. Oh, big deal! He's beating up on the East. Anybody could do that. <laughs> Excuse you, Patriot right. fan. What have you been doing the last fifteen years? Well, I would also thing. remind New England fans that for the phenomenal success they've had, and I'm not at all saying anything against that. It is phenomenal. I mean, talking about all the sports in the last twenty years or so. The fact is, three of the greatest sports legends of New England's regional history of the last century are three guys that they essentially got by accident. Tom Brady, 
in everybody, including the Patriots, passing on him for yep. five rounds. David Ortiz was cut in an offseason and was unsigned for three weeks until the Red Sox pitched him, picked him up. And, of course, Belichick originally was signing to be someone else's coach, had the press conference, yep. and the next day said, no, I'm not going to the Jets. Kind of a smart move by him, though. <laughs> Absolutely it was, <laughs> but those are your it? three legends, yeah. and quite easily you could have had none of the three. Yeah, no, I agree. It's uh, Man, it's amazing how that works. Uh, all right, thanks, Steve. Mm-hmm. Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Coming up next, if you are a fan of a team that you don't think gets any love in the NFL, all right, because you, I know what you're thinking, man, all these national shows, all they do is talk about certain teams and it's all waxing poetic or, or talking about the Patriots or the Cowboys or the Steelers. Or, if you're one of those people and you feel like your team isn't getting any national love and you don't think it's fair, I got something for you. I tribute to you and you as a fan base and your favorite NFL team, and I'll have that for you next year on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, the hell is this? Show Crow. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Normally it's uh, Jonas Knox and Brady Quinn. Unfortunately, Brady Quinn was calling the Buffalo Bills-Detroit Lions shootout at New Era Field. Um, and the shootout is not in reference to the things that are sometimes thrown on the field at a Bills game. All right, so don't take that and uh, and turn it into something else. Don't twist my words here live on the live on the radio. All right, I'm not I'm not going to be called a pervert by any of you savages out there. Uh, so Brady was calling the game. He's traveling back home, multiple flights. It, look, it's a grind, man. Football season's a grind. And so uh, he was calling uh, Bills Lions. Uh, he did join us earlier in the hour, and uh, Brady actually had some interesting points on Tom Brady that I think are fascinating moving forward with the Patriots that I want to bring back. So that'll be coming up uh, top of next hour, about 15 minutes from now, some interesting little tidbits on Tom Brady uh, and just where he sees him at this point in his season and not only his season, but also his career. Um, want to update you on Sunday night football. We are at halftime at the LA Coliseum and the Eagles and the Rams are tied at 13. The Rams came in about two touchdown favorites and the Philadelphia Eagles have been in this game all game long. Uh, Jared Goff has an interception, and it just it looks like a different Rams team than what we saw earlier in the season. Whether you want to say it's the time of year, uh, the grind, whatever. They had a bye week after the shootout on Monday night. Um, I, I, to me, I, I just I think there's a lot of wear and tear. There's been a lot of uh, distractions off the field for the Rams, and I just wonder how heavy that stuff is playing on this team uh, fatigue-wise as they come down the stretch of the season here uh, in the NFL. I uh, do want to let you know here on Fox Sports Radio, we are brought to you by Discover. Become a new card member, and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Uh, Live Bet Jesus, who is a friend of the show, he appeared uh, a short time ago here on Fox Sports Radio. I didn't think he was going to show up, but he did show up uh, with Brady Quinn on the phone, which is a little suspicious that when Brady just doesn't do the show, period, Live Bet Jesus is nowhere to be found. But when Brady shows up for a phone interview from an airport, Live Bet Jesus just miraculously shows up himself. So I find that a little suspicious. Uh, So Live Bet Jesus did join us earlier, and he had the Eagles plus 10.5. So now that we're tied at half, none of the uh, disparaging remarks from members of the crew 
Uh, none of the criticism from members of the crew, for people listening that say, man, Live Bet Jesus never wins us anything. Uh, Live Bet Jesus just never, uh, he, he, he never does anything for us, all right? We're looking at possibly two wins in a row if he pulls this off. All right, so I want to get to this. Many of you out there who are not a fan of one of the bigger teams in the NFL, you get tired of being picked on. You get tired of being bullied. You also get tired of the fact that your team is never talked about on national radio. I'm changing all that. I'm going to welcome seven teams who don't normally get talked about on national radio, especially this season, in a good way. I'm going to welcome you to the national stage right now. Step up, everybody, and say hello to the elimination teams. These are all the teams eliminated from playoff contention on Sunday. First up, the Dirty Birds, your Atlanta Falcons. Sits in the pocket, looks, ball batted, and intercepted! A.J. Klein at the 25. The ball is tipped at the line of scrimmage. Intercepted by A.J. Klein. What a play. Take a picture, Saints defense. From Falcons Radio to the Bucks Radio Network we go. We're Tampa Bay. It's been nice knowing you. Enjoy your Christmas. Lamar Jackson takes the snap, and that'll do it. It is official as the Ravens take down the Buccaneers. Our final score, Ravens 20, Buccaneers 12. A lot of hopes with the New York Giants. Eli Manning's back. Odell Beckham. All the talent there on offense. The New York Giants. You will be home for the holidays. Manning has time. Throws and the pass is intercepted. Picked up by the Titans at the 20. To the 30. Fired to the 40. Fired to the 50. Fired to the 40. Ruled out of bounds. Back up field at the 48. The Christmas greetings from the Titans Radio Network extend all the way to Lions Radio, where Detroit, don't worry, football in January, that's not in the cards. Muehlbach to snap, Martin to hold, Trader to try to give the Lions the lead. Here we go, snap, spot, kick on the way, it is up and it is no good. Pushed it to the right. So Prater and the Lions come up empty. And it's still 14-13. A rough year for the Green Bay Packers got a little bit more difficult. It was really difficult on the riverfront. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bears Radio Network says bye-bye to the Green Bay Packers. Right side, you got Graham and Cobb. Snap back, Rodgers. Late pressure coming, throwing over the middle. It's broken up and intercepted in the end zone. Coming out with it, Eddie Jackson goes down near the seven-yard line. You are a mile high if you think the Denver Broncos are making a playoff run. Not after what happened on Saturday night and not after what went down on Sunday. On fourth down, Keenum waits, takes the snap. He bobbles it, stumbles, he got hit, he got sacked! He got sacked! Peppers. Peppers got him! He got him! Peppers got him! Pour a little pepper on it! The Browns are going to win it! With 39 seconds left to go in the game on fourth down and 10, came up with the play of the game and our final elimination here on a brutal and devastating Sunday in the NFL belongs to the one and only Cincinnati Bungles Driscoll in the shotgun looking left still looking left all kinds of time and now he's going to be dropped Darius Phylon with a big stop Chargers radio network amongst many to say their farewells to the Cincinnati Bengals goodbye to the Falcons goodbye to the Bucks. Goodbye to the Giants. So long to the Lions. Adios to the Packers. Farewell to the Broncos. Back of the line to the Bengals. It is all over for seven NFL franchises on this fateful Sunday here in the NFL. 
Don't tell me that the national media doesn't talk about your teams enough. I just gave you a fair play on a national stage. Just a, just a rough outing, man. Just just terrible. But you know what? That's why you got to play fantasy football, and that's why you need to gamble, okay? And that's, that's why you need to bet, all right? Is that outside Bobo's apartment? That's why you need to bet uh, here on Fox Sports Radio because at least if your team loses, <laughs> if your team loses, at least you got something on the line and you can make a little bit of coin. I think we did something there. Steve DeSager, our national update anchor. Was that too negative? No, that was just in keeping with the show. Okay. Thank you, Steve. Always a positive feedback from Steve DeSager, uh, who makes me feel worse as a human being every single night that we work together. All right. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. uh, Coming up next here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, uh, some some troubling news regarding one of the all-time greats in the NFL next here on FSR. So actually, Brady Quinn is not with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Brady Quinn was calling the Bills-Lions game, if you're just tuning in, Uh, He called Bill's Lions at New Era Field, so he's traveling from Buffalo. He could not be with us uh, for the show, but he did pop on in between flights. He's got to take a connector flight, uh, so he did pop on in between flights, and we did have a chance to catch up with Brady Quinn, and he had some interesting thoughts on a certain quarterback in the NFL that I definitely want to get to uh, coming up here in just a a couple of moments here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Do you want to update you? And I would would first start with – with the Philadelphia football team that is currently on national TV in a tightly contested game between the L- uh, against the LA Rams. I would love to do that, except um, I just saw this and I thought it was worth mentioning just because uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, so uh, this according to, uh, to at Basketball Talk, uh, Kurt Heelan, good dude on uh, Twitter who covers the NBA. Report, Sixers want first rounder have shot down multiple trades for Markel Fultz. <laughs> oh, it's funny, man. Oh, that is funny, man. Oh, yeah, first rounder for Markel Fultz. Yep. Uh, a guy who shoots free throws like a T-Rex. Okay. Sure thing. Yeah, you'll get a uh you'll get a first rounder for him. You got it. Uh but we move away from the NBA, thankfully, and we move on to the NFL, where the Philadelphia Eagles and the Rams are in the second half, start of the second half, tied at 13 apiece. Uh, Philadelphia, with the football, uh, appear to be short of a first down early on in the second half and appear like they are going to be punting it away here at the Coliseum against the L.A. Rams. And look, Philadelphia... <laughs> They're not eliminated from the playoffs. They've still got an opportunity. They can make some noise. If they win this game, they're a game out of first in the NFC East. With Dallas's loss, Dallas got beat up by the Colts. If you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, whatever you saw the last five weeks out of your football team, that pretty much got erased from what you saw on Sunday. When the reality set in that is as hot as your team has been over the past five weeks, there's still just a game out of a game over uh, two teams in the NFC East. One of them being the Philadelphia Eagles, if they win this game, who are playing their backup quarterback, and the other being the Washington Redskins, who are on their fourth quarterback. The Redskins have had more quarterbacks suffer season-ending injuries than most teams have quarterbacks, and still they're just a game behind the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East. So Dallas Cowboy fans were chirping, a lot of noise, a lot of talk, uh, you know, uh, America's team is back, all of that stuff. And in the end of the day, 
You've got a narrow lead in your division over backups all around you uh, outside of the New York Giants, which were eliminated from playoff contention uh, earlier today. Um, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. All right, so from Sunday Night Football, and we will keep you updated on that game uh, throughout the course of the show. There was a um, a point in the Patriots-Steelers game, and I was saying this earlier, that you got to give the Pittsburgh Steelers credit because I actually think – that that win against the Patriots saved Mike Tomlin's job. Because it's one thing if, it, if you're a, a team that's got all sorts of noise and distraction and all of that. You remember the Jacksonville Jaguars a year ago? Man, it was funny, all the talk. I, all, those guys chirping and making all that noise. I still think it's funny, but I, I'm in the uh, the rare class of I want entertainment. I, I really couldn't care less about wins and losses as much as give me something interesting to talk about. I'd much rather cover the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans, and the Titans are fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, but I want some personality. I want somebody that I can sink my teeth into and go, you know what? This is an interesting team to follow. So give me the Jacksonville Jaguars all the way around. All the drama on defense, all that stuff. But from a national standpoint, you don't get the heat from people in the league if you're making a bunch of noise, as long as you're winning games. The difference between Jacksonville this year and last year is the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't winning games. So that's why people's jobs are on the line. Jalen Ramsey's name's been brought up in trade rumors. Blake Bortles is probably gone. Who the hell knows what's happening to Doug Marone at the end of the season? There's going to be a lot of changes there. But the only difference between that team last year and this year is a few wins. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been one of those teams that have been noisy and loud and boisterous and have had distractions and have had fights in public. They had a, a contract dispute in public, and it played out in an ugly way with Le'Veon Bell. It was so bad that at the end of the contract dispute, when it was determined that Le'Veon Bell just wasn't showing up at all and is sitting out a season in the prime of his career because he was so fed up with the offers he was getting from the Steelers, what did his teammates do? <laughs> His teammates raided his locker for his shoes. Okay, like that is that is a an odd locker room. That's an interesting bunch. They will speak out. They will call people out. Ben Roethlisberger calls out teammates. They do that, and you can do that, and it's not really an issue if you're winning games. The problem is the Steelers have lost three in a row, and they were going in the tank. So when they went into Sunday's game against the New England Patriots, the Steelers had to have that game. Because if you think you're going to go on the road and beat the Saints in New Orleans when the Saints are still fighting for home field throughout the course of the playoffs, they've got something to play for, you're out of your mind. You cannot bank on that. That's a different place altogether, one of the top five, if not top three, home field advantages in the NFL and one of the top home field advantages in all of sports. So Pittsburgh had to have that game, and you know what? against a Patriots team that's had their number, against a Patriots team that always seems to outplay or come up with the big play or outsmart the Pittsburgh Steelers, Pittsburgh answered the bell. They put it all on the table and said, this is what we got. And they won that game. And I think in turn, I think they saved Mike Tomlin's job. Because if they lose that game and then they lose to the Saints, there's a really strong likelihood Pittsburgh misses the playoffs. Not only are you back in the division to the Baltimore Ravens and a rookie quarterback, you may miss the playoffs altogether, and you run the risk of going below 500. There's no way Mike Tomlin survives that. No way. Not with all the noise, not with all the issues, not with all the trouble that's gone on there. Absolutely no way. You don't have the wins. You can't back up the talk. You got to go. 
But the other part of that game that stood out to me was the play by Tom Brady. There was a play down uh, towards the end, and Brady threw consecutive multiple incomplete passes in the final drive. Um, and look, you're not going to have every game-winning drive. He, he's you know, the greatest quarterback of all time. Successful drive after successful drive. There are going to be a few times where uh, Michael Jordan missed a shot at the buzzer or Kobe Bryant missed a shot at the buzzer or LeBron's not going to have a good game. So Tom Brady, you look at it and go, ah, he had an off game, and this one time he didn't bring the Patriots back and win a game late. But it was a play that he made earlier in the fourth quarter that to me was pretty alarming. Here's how it sounded, courtesy of the Patriots Radio Network. Second and goal from the 16th. Snap to Brady. Stands in, stands in. Pressured. Throws a high lob to the near side. It's up for grabs, and it's going to be intercepted by Hayden. If he came down in bounds, he leaps over two Patriots, and he lands inside the four. And a turnover for the Steelers to celebrate, posing for a picture in the end zone. And meanwhile, Julian Edelman... Rises limping away from the play for the Patriots. Yep. Brady was pressured. He tossed it high in Edelman's the air. down. Worst throw, uh, worst throw in 10 years by Tom Brady. Now that's Scott Zolak. And Scott Zolak is very – he's a big personality in, in the Boston area, in New England. Um, he's, he's been on a lot of famous calls there that have been picked up and played because he's really funny. But that's an honest statement. That was a brutal decision by Tom Brady. And he's made a couple of those decisions – throughout the course of the year. Uh, That one being one of them, and the other one, when he took a sack before halftime, um, and and I want to say, uh, the game was against, um, yeah, against Miami. He took a sack before halftime against Miami instead of throwing the ball away so that they could get a field goal before half and put up more points. And as it turns out, that field goal was the difference between the Patriots winning that game and not. Now, there's a lot of things could have happened. Hindsight's twenty twenty. how the game played out, fluke win for the Miami Dolphins. But still, those are two plays you don't normally see Tom Brady make. You don't see him do that. Tom Brady spoke about the interception at Heinz Field after the game with the media. Just a trying to throw it away and didn't was that because you were jostled as you let it go or yeah I was just trying to flick it out of bounds didn't want to take a sack and just uh shouldn't happen so you didn't think you had Gronk on that play did you just the last minute thing or you just trying to get it out yeah I was trying to get it out Tom you've had some uh, big games here some big I said it earlier in the show and it's not to, to toot my own horn, but everybody, and you heard Scott Zolich say, worst play Brady's made in the last 10 years. It was a terrible throw and a terrible decision. Here's the problem. What I saw, just from a, 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 an amateur eye, somebody who's never played quarterback, never been on an NFL sideline as a player or a coach, played football in high school, worked with a quarterback in Brady Quinn, just from what I saw, my own two eyes, the first thing I thought, when Brady made that throw was, wow, he couldn't throw it hard enough to get it out of bounds. He, he could not physically get the ball out of bounds. He was trying to throw it away, and it got picked off. Brady, five years ago, I don't think that's an issue. He throws it away. So I don't know that it was necessarily a bad decision by Tom Brady. I think physically he wasn't capable of, of throwing it out of bounds. And so when you heard him talk about it and he was that dejected, I think there's a reason for that. I think maybe internally he recognizes, man, I can't do what I thought I could do before. It's a different body. It's a different arm. 
And that's got to be demoralizing for a top-flight athlete who everybody said, when's the end going to appear? When's the end going to show up? You remember Peyton Manning, his final year? Peyton Manning, the year before, was putting up all sorts of record stats. He was dominating. And I think there was a game against the Chargers in which he got banged around a little bit. He was never the same after that. Never the same. uh, Couldn't move the same in the pocket. Uh, It was difficult getting rid of the football. I'm not saying Brady's at that point yet. But there's clearly a drop-off physically with Tom Brady. Brady Quinn, uh, who we who normally does this show with me here on Fox Sports Radio, he joined us from an airport earlier, and I asked him about Tom Brady and what he's seen physically from Brady this year as opposed to other years. I don't think he was thrown up in the coverage. I think he was trying to kind of throw it in the vicinity of one of their you know receivers. It looked like Gronk was in the vicinity and then maybe one other and he was just trying to make it out of bounds, throw it away. I mean, the problem was he couldn't really get turned around and get his lower body into his throw. And and so you can talk about like him not having enough arm strength, but he's 41 years old. He's at the point where he's got to get his lower half into the throw. And at that point, he couldn't score up, couldn't make it. And I think he was just doing all he, all he could to not take a penalty for intentional grounding and just try to chuck it out of bounds. Unfortunately, he just didn't get there. And I just think physically – he can't do it anymore, man. And that's that was the first time. I, I, I noticed it in the play before the first half. And here we are in December, later on in the season. I noticed it before the first half against Miami. Man, Brady taking a sack there? He doesn't normally do that. That's kind of a weird, you know, but that's a one-off scenario. Made a bad play. Big deal. You know, what's a big deal? Here we are a week later, and he physically can't get a ball out of bounds to avoid a sack. Instead, it gets picked off. It's not a decision thing. It's not a, he made a poor read. No, he made the right read. He made the right call. Physically, he can't do it. He couldn't do it in that instance. And I think that's something to watch moving forward. Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, You can get me on Twitter at TheJonasKnox as we come to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Uh, Up next, there is an NFL team who had Super Bowl hopes, and they have got real problems on their hands. We'll tell you who that is next here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh. 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 (laughs) Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. I have no idea what the hell this is. I don't know. <laughs> Snoop Dog, Nate Dog, whatever. Uh, pretty Dang. much Snoop and DPG. Tell me, uh, exhibit or uh, or a little waffle iron. I have no idea. The hell do I know? Uh, all right, uh, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, we will have. Um, we've only done this a couple of times on the show. Uh, something that I do on my weekend overnight show, my highly rated weekend overnight show at that called The Scraps. That'll be coming up less than 10 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. Brady Quinn, normally we do the show together, but he has been uh, he is traveling right now. He called the Bills-Lions game, trying to get back home to his family, but he did uh, join us earlier in the show and had some good stuff to say. Not about me, but good stuff to say uh, NFL-wise, so we'll bring back a little bit of that uh, coming up later on. Um, we have an update at the Coliseum where we have an upset brewing. The Philadelphia Eagles with backup quarterback Nick Foles have a 20-13 to 13 lead over the L.A. Rams. They have now forced the Rams into a punting situation, fourth and two from their own 20-yard line. Johnny Hecker is back to punt for the L.A. Rams. Anything's on the table here with Johnny Hecker. That guy fakes it more than he actually kicks it, I believe. 
Uh, but a punt is away, so Philadelphia will get the ball back. And it is not a good look for the L.A. Rams. I made the point earlier in the show, and I've talked about it before. Ever since that Monday night game and that shootout against the Kansas City Chiefs, they are, they are a shell of what they were offensively. And I just wonder if that game was took out so much on the team and was there was so much fatigue that came from that game along with some of the other things that have gone on in Southern California that they've, that they've had to deal with that they look exhausted. And considering they had their bye week after that Monday night game uh, less than a month ago, this is a, a drastic turn for an L.A. Ram team that everybody just assumed was going to roll and march their way uh, into at least the NFC title game, having to deal with possibly the New Orleans Saints. Uh, we also have another update uh, from the game. Steve DeSager, our national update anchor, um, bad news potentially in the backfield for the L.A. Rams. Todd Gurley was not on the field for the last drive, which was their second straight three and out to open the second half. Knee injury with Gurley. His knee was in a wrap. He is questionable to return tonight. He did get on the stationary bike and then got off that, was joking with teammates on the sidelines. But the bad news is their normal backup running back, Malcolm Brown, is on injured reserve. The third stringer, Justin Davis, has already been hurt tonight with a shoulder injury. So the last drive, they had their fourth string rookie running back John Kelly in there don't know if Gurley's going to return again he wasn't at all depressed on the sidelines so I don't know that he's necessarily out for the night again questionable to return but this is a Rams team that's now trailing the underdog Eagles 20 to 13 mid third quarter and the Eagles scoring drive Jonas was two plays they had a 50 yard bomb and the next play was the nine yard touchdown run Wendell Smallwood so 20 to 13 Philly damn uh, thanks, Steve. Uh, Steve will be back here coming uh, in about five minutes from now with the scraps here on Fox Sports Radio. That is, man, this it's just not the same team. You can sit, you can uh, come up with as many excuses as you want. It's not the same team, and I I wonder if they peak too early because they had a lot of big wins and a lot of uh, big performances. The other thing I thought about, and this is just me talking from uh, a novice standpoint, Sean McVay's got a lot of things, a lot of plays in the playbook. Right, he's got a lot out there. Did he show too much in that Monday night game? Did he have to show too much to win that one game? Um, are they have, have teams started to figure out what's happening there? Because we've heard about it. You know, it's not like they run a bunch of different formations. A lot of their looks are the same. They just have different options and reads. But you saw Jared Goff a week ago. That looked like a guy who wanted out of a football game. At, at, at what there, there are two shots from that game that, I, that you can't forget when it comes to Jared Goff. One of them, he threw the ball, and he had his eyes closed. Okay, uh, you know, like like uh, like somebody was uh, taking a fake swing at him. All right, so he had his eyes closed during a pass. The other one, he simply flicked the ball away, almost backhanded, just kind of flicked it away, backhanded. I mean, the hell is that? That 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 is a telltale sign of somebody who's like, man, I don't want any part of this. Get me out of the cold. Let's get back home. Well, here you are at home. You're playing a backup quarterback, and you're trailing by seven. Philadelphia's got the ball back, and they're at midfield. So I just I, I don't think it's coincidence that both the Chiefs and the Rams have not looked the same offensively or as a team since that Monday night game. You know, it's like uh, uh, fighters deal with it sometimes. You're in a war, a back-and-forth battle. You may win that fight, but the damage you took lingers with you throughout the course of your career. Like, I wonder if that's what's happening this season with the Rams and the Chiefs. Uh, all right, you can get me on Twitter, at the Jonas Knox. Uh, I'd like to stick up for somebody here on the show, somebody who I feel doesn't get a lot of uh, love nationally because it's easy to pick on him. 
And uh, I was I was making this point that the NFL season consists of 17 knee-jerk reactions. That's all it is. Everybody freaks out every single week. But the problem with starting off poorly is that it's really tough to shake that. It's really tough to shake off whatever narrative that people have for you as an NFL team or a player or a coach if you start off poorly. Because most of the time, people will just write in everything else. They'll just write it all in. They'll say, oh, this is how it's going to go. Uh, we've seen the season. Uh, okay, we can move along. Let's get to this. Let's do, let's move on to that. What's this team doing? Ooh, MVP candidate over here. What's happening? Like That's just the way NFL coverage goes. So if I were to ask you, what have you heard about Derek Carr this season? Tell me what you've heard. You would say the following. Uh, he's been a disappointment. Bordering on a bust. Not getting along with his head coach. Really, really struggling. Uh, possibly going to get traded. Terrible situation in Oakland. He needs to get out of there. What could you actually get for Derek Carr? Like, we've heard this with Derek Carr. That's what you've heard from Derek Carr. And through the first five games, Derek Carr was tied for the league lead in interceptions. He had eight picks through five games. In fact, one of the picks that he threw was at the StubHub Center against the Chargers. And you'll remember it because of what was talked about afterwards. They were at the one-yard line. Instead of handing it off to Marshawn Lynch, they threw the ball, and it was picked off in the end zone and returned for a good game. I believe, I believe it was Melvin Ingram who had the interception. And you remember the jokes afterwards on Twitter? Hey, you remember Derek Carr when he said, hey, Marshawn, you come to our team and we have the ball on the one-yard line? You're getting the ball. We're not throwing it from the one-yard line. Everybody ripped Derek Carr and they piled on John Gruden and they were poking fun and making gifts and emojis and the Raiders are a bust and laughing faces and all that stuff. Everybody made fun of him. That was the last interception Derek Carr's thrown the entire year. That interception is the last time he's th- last one he's thrown the entire season. He's gone over two months of NFL football with a struggling offensive line at times, with a struggling running game, with your top receiver getting traded, a dysfunctional organization, and a bad roster. And he's gone over two months without throwing an interception. He's got 12 touchdowns and no picks since then. But according to everybody, I mean, you had the first five five weeks written. What do you need? I mean, you don't need to really. You don't need anything else. I mean, who cares? I mean, you had you had your column written. Why do you need to watch the rest of the league? I mean, you don't need to watch the rest of the season or the league or anybody that he's playing. Who cares? You had your first five five games all set in stone. It's hard to look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers finally threw a pick against the Bears. Tip pick interception in the end zone. It's hard to go a significant amount of time in a passing league without throwing an interception. Aaron, uh, Derek Carr's gone over two months. Two months he hasn't thrown a pick. But they don't want to tell you that. Now, God forbid Derek Carr might actually be getting better as a quarterback, and God forbid John Gruden might actually be getting better as a head coach. But now, nah, whatever, we have our narrative. We're, we're going to go with it. It's more fun to make fun of the Raiders than it is to actually acknowledge and be uh, uh, fair and balanced to what it is you're really watching. 
Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio, from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. I also want to let you know that we are brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you. Coming up next here on FSR, there are things from around the NFL that we have got to get to. Right? It is a special edition of a highly rated segment that I do. We'll have it for you next here on FSR. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, say hello to one of my favorite colleagues. Colleagues? In the history of this segment. <laughs> Steve to say here. That narrows it down. 40-yard field goal by Philadelphia, and they're up 23-13 at the Rams. About three minutes left, third quarter. Jake Elliott making this one. He had earlier made field goals from 34 and 51 yards out in the first half. Ten-point lead for the underdog Eagles, who come in without the injured quarterback Carson Wentz. And Philly, the defending champs, did have a 6-7 and record coming in. They could get to the 500 mark. Still be in the playoff contention. Dallas lost today, by the way. Got shut out 23-0 at Indianapolis. The Eagles, for the moment, are kind of like the slumping Panthers. They're just not out of it yet. Even the Redskins won today. They're not out of it yet. Washington kicked the last second field goal to win 16-13 at Jacksonville. And uh, there was that Pittsburgh-New England feature matchup in the late afternoon games. 17-10, 17-10, Pittsburgh wins it. Jalen Samuels of the Steelers, 19 carries, 142 yards. Ben Roethlisberger, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Pittsburgh had lost three in a row. They're at New Orleans next Sunday. The Saints currently have the number one seed, the Rams the two seed. At the moment, the Rams are safe for getting that first round by, but the Bears won again today. Chicago has won seven of eight. They're up to ten wins on the season and counting, and Chicago clinched the NFC North today with that win over Green Bay 24-17. They sacked Aaron Rodgers five times. A Rams loss, and the Chicago Bears will only be one game behind the L.A. Rams for that first round by with still two games to go, and keep in mind, head-to-head, the Bears have beaten the Rams already, of course, that dominance of last Sunday night. As for a shutout, not only Dallas got shut out, Giants got shut out. 17-0 at home by Tennessee. Minnesota beat Miami 41-17. Wins for Baltimore and Atlanta, for Cincinnati and Buffalo. Everything final in the NBA. Denver now 20-9, beat the Toronto Raptors 95-86. Back to you. Thanks, Steve. Coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. A guy writes in on Twitter, you're the Markel Foltz of weekend overnights. Youthless, useless, worthless, and stealing a lot of money for years of underperforming. A big middle finger to both of you douches. I didn't know my father had a Twitter account. It's unbelievable. <laughs> that is un- unreal, the things you learn about your family. Uh, all right, uh, it is time for this. Jonas. You moron. How could you not get to these stories? You moron. These are the scraps. For all the latest that we have missed on the show so far, Steve DeSager, what do you got? Both of you. And Brady's not even here. My goodness. <laughs> well, there's a great stat always about the NFL the last 15 years or so that you can go from worst to first. First off, let's just say what people don't mention when they mention the stat. There's only four teams in each division ever since they realized right. things. So it is a little bit easier. Nonetheless, it's impressive. You can make it 15 of the last 16 seasons now. At least one team has finished first place in its division the season right after finishing in last or tied for last 
The team that turned it around this year, the Chicago Bears, last place in the NFC North last season, completed a worst-to-first turnaround this season with the win over the Packers, and they picked off Aaron Rodgers. Didn't just sack him five times. He threw an interception in the end zone late. He had gone over 400 straight pass attempts without a pick. Yeah, but you want to know how bad the turf is at Soldier Field sometimes, and it actually looked pretty good. Uh, and I saw somebody on Twitter was saying, God, this is uh, this is the best Soldier Field turf has looked in December. And when the game started, I thought, man, that field looks good. That's never the case in Soldier Field. And, and then I figured out, oh, that's right, because they don't run the ball anymore. So it's not like anybody's <laughs> uh, dig, uh, digging up uh, dirt clods anymore. But Eddie Jackson, after the interception, went to go slide. And at that point in the game, it had been ground and, and all, you know, they've been running all over it. And the Packers and Bears had played almost four quarters of football. He went to go slide and hurt himself, twisted his ankle. His ankle got caught on the turf, and now he's got an ankle sprain. And they're going to have to take a look at, um, uh, at, at the MRI in the morning to find out how serious the injury is. But if you lose Eddie Jackson, that's a terrible loss for the secondary. Would have been a terrible loss for the Rams with the Todd Gurley knee injury that we referenced where he missed the last drive. He has come back, and what do you know, Jared Goff? has turned the ball over. So the Eagles are up 10 and have the ball late third quarter. Steve, I, th- I throw a lot of theories out there that I know are probably not true, but I still do it just because, you know, it's 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 more fun than, than trying to pick games and do X's and O's. Um, I'm telling you, man, there's something to, since that Monday night game, They neither of those teams has been the same. I'm telling you, look at the numbers. Neither team has been the same. I know the Kareem Hunt stuff. I get all that. But the Rams and the Chiefs have not looked the same. This this offense is unrecognizable compared to the one we saw early in the season. This was a 54-51 final at the Coliseum yes. against the Chiefs that we're talking about. And since then, certainly by these Rams standards, three bad games in a row. They are going to be at Arizona next week, which brings me to my next point. Do you know that for that Rams at Arizona game, on Fox for some of the country, so like the lucky people here in Southern California get that one next uh, Sunday afternoon. You can get into an NFL game for about 25 bucks on All the secondary right. market. That's great. And now there are, uh, let's say, empty seats at some Bengals games as well. They had their final home game of the year today. Capacity 65,000. Attendance listed at 44,000 for the Bengals game against the Raiders today. Um, by the way, don't we have an update on uh, this game again, Steve? Believe it or not, Wendell Smallwood, another touchdown run. This from four yards out. And my goodness, the underdog Eagles with an extra point will be going up 30-13 to 13 late in the third at the Rams. Wow. The yeah. Rams, who are 6-0 and at home this year. I would say that uh, that they that the Rams are going to get booed by their fans, but uh, you got to have one in order to have the other. Hey, you know I mean? hey! Oh, come on! We're just cracking jokes here on Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> there was noticeable amount of cheering when the Eagles did score in the second quarter. I will say it's thirty to thirteen now, late in the third. And remember, last year this was one of the games of the year in the NFL at the Coliseum when Carson Wentz got injured against the Rams and Foles took over and Philadelphia and the Rams played a classic and. There there were a ton of Eagles fans there when the Eagles played at the Chargers to early in last season. Ton of Eagles fans there. You brought this up earlier in the show. In the West Coast in general, the Niners game. Ton of Seattle oh, fans yeah. <laughs> and chanting Seahawks at the San Francisco game today that went to overtime. Niners won the game in OT. 
But on the West Coast in general, there are so many people that live in, let's just call it, better places in the country weather-wise. And of course they don't give up their fandom. And so you have, even the Browns have a contingent, not just the Packers and Steelers and teams like that, when they play out West. My buddy goes to a Browns bar. I've been to the Browns bar that he goes to. In fact, no, this is the second one. So there's multiple Cleveland Browns bars. And I I went to one years ago with him, and they've been awful forever. And they're packed every Sunday morning. And it's it's people that came from Cleveland who get up early, are probably hungover. They get a coffee and and, uh, and and an omelet or whatever the hell they're eating, and they watch. They come in droves to watch the Cleveland Browns. The Eagles fans. There's a ton of Eagles fans out here. Yeah. Um, you being somebody who's who works every single Charger game at StubHub Center. For people that have never been there, maybe think that it's exaggerated and the percentages and the splits to uh, the visiting team and the home team. Am I making that up? Like they're like when you're when it's the- those teams, you're not at all making it up. When it's like recent visits of the Arizona Cardinals and Cincinnati Bengals, it was Charger fans, and by fourth quarter, it was very very loud with Charger and, fans recently. Okay, what but, of all the of all the Charger games that you've seen at StubHub Center? Which one had the biggest uh, biggest disparity of of visiting fans as opposed to home fans for the Chargers? Oh, the Eagles early last year. It was noticeably, I mean, half an hour, 45 minutes before the game when the team came out to warm up. Massive cheers. That's unbelievable. And and huge percentages. But, of course, uh, when the Chargers played in San Diego, any AFC West opponent, you would get a ton of visiting fans sitting behind their bench and taking up a couple of levels. Uh, I will say one thing that needs to be talked about is, well, two things with where the Chargers are playing, their temporary three-year home at this soccer stadium. A, it's the best place I've ever seen NFL football. Oh, it's awesome. You are so close, and it's a newer stadium. It's superb. Uh, Unfortunately, you just can't make it work financially long-term. It's not an option. Therefore, point number two, when the Chargers moved from San Diego to L.A. and played in a stadium that instead of has 60,000 seats like they had before, this has 25,000 seats, they doubled the price of the tickets. What was a $100 ticket before is literally $200 now. And what was 125 before is literally $250 now. And that includes preseason games. So if you're a Chargers season ticket holder and you have to buy 10 games at once... Obviously, you're going to sell off a couple of the games because you absolutely will make some money back selling to Chiefs fans, Eagles fans, whomever. Of course, especially in, uh, for playoff games. I mean, if you're a char- if you've got Charger season tickets and you've already sold a couple off for a regular season, why wouldn't you make even double that for playoff games? Mm-hmm. If you get like, what are the possible scenarios? Teams that could visit the Chargers in the playoffs would be who? Um, if they, well, the Ravens are there this Saturday okay. night. I, I don't know how how much the Ravens fan base travels, but but who else? Um, Chiefs is an option, and okay, they have Chiefs massive amount of fans for AFC West matchups. Look, look, Patriots is yes, an option. Steelers have a national okay, fan base. Steelers and Patriots. If you're a Charger fan and you've got tickets to a playoff game, and it's either the Steelers or the Patriots, sell those this, as soon as you possibly can. Please sell it because you're going to make a grip of cash on those tickets because there's a ton of Patriots fans in Southern California. Steeler fans are everywhere, and they'll do anything to get into that stadium. They'll do anything. We mentioned the face value is enormous on these seats, and also there are only 25,000 seats. It's not like you're going to have 50,000 tickets. They're flooding the secondary market. That doesn't exist. It's a 25,000. And by the way, 
our beloved host just pretty much uh, <laughs> some foreshadowing. Rams lined up to punt. Johnny Hecker throws a complete pass late third quarter for a first down in punt formation. I don't know. That looks like it's going to be incomplete. That ball hit the ground. It if, did touch the ground, if, and then he re-grasped it, so it looked like the ground assisted in the catch. Yes. That means a turnover in their own end and late third quarter. Wow. Oh, this is going to be brutal, man. This this is going to be a bad loss. It's for the a challenge, Rams. so they'll look at it. Uh, by the way, I don't I don't mean to uh, to to. Well, it's not me, so of course I'm not bragging. But I just would like to point out, live bet Jesus got the Eagles at plus ten and a half. Just saying. And the score is Eagles thirty to thirteen. Nah, late saying. In the third. So it looks like that's a wrap. <laughs> Close the coffin on those doubters <laughs> on live bet Jesus. Hey, one other NFL item from Baltimore beating Tampa Bay twenty to uh, twelve. Before this game today, NFL Network reported the Ravens are expected to move on from quarterback Joe Flacco in the offseason. Lamar Jackson got another start today. Bucks coach Dirk Cutter, according to CBS, unlikely to return next season. Wow. Well, that's I guess that's not too surprising. I wonder what Lovey Smith's thinking about that, since he was pushed out so they could bring in Dirk Cutter. I wonder what he thinks. Uh, probably he got an extension yeah. for losing at Illinois, didn't he? So <laughs> he's good. Congratulations. He's in, he's in champagne. He's good. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Steve. Uh, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Coming up next here on FSR. So um, a an interesting evaluation on one of the great players in NFL history, and it's not a good one. That'll have that for you next here on Fox Sports Radio. You know, as somebody who is a – whose best friend is an elderly person, I find this song to be offensive. Offended. Is this Willie Nelson? I don't know who this is. Yeah, well, I think Willie Nelson sang uh, uh, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, right? That pot junkie. There is nothing wrong <laughs> Willie with Nelson being a pot. The guy uh, 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 brushes his, his teeth with uh, uh, chili cheese Frito crumbs, pothead. Sound a little bitter. I don't like him picking on elderly people like that. <laughs> That's and, not and, even. I, and I say that as I'm picking on Willie Nelson, who's elderly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The, uh, oh, the hypocrisy here is thick. All right. Uh, that was uncomfortable. Okay. Uh, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, make sure you stick around. Arnie Spanier, Chris Plank will be with you. Top of the hour, 10 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. Arnie Spanier sent me a text earlier that said he sent me a package and it should be arriving this week. I don't know what's in the package, but I'm excited, man. So we pre Arnie Spanier. I, I, I feel like Arnie's becoming a nicer human being. I feel like that's happening, and I'm I'm really, really, really. It brings joy to my life when Arnie Spanier becomes a nicer human being. Next, he's going to be cheering for the Patriots. Yeah, because uh, because that package, whatever he sends you, does not erase the amount of abuse he serves out in between breaks to Eric Roberts and Bobo, as all they're trying to do is hustle and do a a good radio show. Chris Plank is a saint. Arnie Spanier is an abusive man during the breaks. I've produced his show for about a couple years now. He walked in and introduced himself to me when of he was course, in town. Of course. <laughs> he said, hey, I'm Arnie. I'm of like, course. Arnie, I've That's worked with you for like a year and a half, yes. two years. That's what he does. That's Arnie Spanier. Uh, no, but I kid. He's uh, one of the uh, one of the all-time greats. Uh, good man. Him and Chris Plank coming up uh, less than 10 Stop minutes from now. Stop kidding, Steel, man. Uh, here on Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> uh, all right, we have a, a, a major development in the Eagles-Rams game. Philadelphia with a 30-13 to lead. Could have really put the Rams in a tough spot, and Nick Foles was intercepted near the goal line. The Rams now have the ball past midfield, are driving. Um, Todd Gurley back in the game for the L.A. Rams. Uh, under 13 minutes to go in the game. Philly 30, 
and the L.A. Rams 13 at the Coliseum. Brady Quinn, who's not here with us because he's been traveling, uh, covering the Bills-Lions game earlier for Fox, he joined us earlier. Uh, I noticed Tom Brady, in trying to throw a ball out of bounds, couldn't get it there physically. It's not something we normally see from Tom Brady. Brady had an interesting – Brady Quinn had an interesting – um, sort of summary on what he's seen from Tom Brady, and I don't think it's a good thing for Patriots fans. You get older, what goes is really like you'll hear people like Mike Mayock at the combine talk about quick twitch. Like now, some guys aren't that quick to begin with, but Tom Brady's one of the guys who's always been very sudden, and he's been able to kind of move in a sly manner in the pocket, but still then reset his feet and then make an accurate throw. And and he's usually been the type of guy that he seems slow, but he's actually kind of quick especially in the pocket and short spaces moving around. I think that's really slowed down over time. Like, I don't see him moving around the pocket as, as much and making as good a throws when he does have to move off the spot. Like, that's always kind of been the game plan for him. But now at 41, it's becoming a, a bit more apparent that he's struggling with that. And then kind of what you just talked about, like, he's always had a really strong arm, and he's usually gotten his whole body into the throw, but he could still make the type of throw where we saw tonight him trying to throw it away. He usually could still make that throw and get it out of bounds. I just think we're starting to see a lot of that power and strength diminished, and maybe some of it's just the way he's training. That was uh, Brady Quinn uh, earlier in the show talking about Tom Brady. Uh, and you can watch the play yourself. I, as soon as I saw it, 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 it seemed like something was wrong. Uh, Tom Brady was trying to th- – uh, he threw the ball, and people said, man, that was a terrible decision by Tom Brady. It wasn't the decision that was the problem. Tom Brady couldn't get the ball out of bounds. He couldn't get enough on the ball to throw it out of bounds. It was the right play. Physically, he couldn't do it. And that's why it was picked off. It was a bad turnover. And now the Patriots have lost two in a row for the first time in December since, I believe, 2002. So it is um, it is a drastically different Patriots team than the one we saw even just uh, a few weeks ago and a big-time win for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, all right, uh, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you. Been a fun show. I uh, want to thank Bobo, Eric Roberts, Steve DeSager, everybody listening, all the offensive tweets, and Brady Quinn for popping on with us, as well as Mike North, who made an appearance. Uh, Spanier and Plank are next here on Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy the rest of the game. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.